Hi, everybody. Some ways to stay in touch with us is through Untapped and Twitter as Craft Beer Comics, and Instagram and Facebook as Craft Beer and Comics. If you want to support us financially, head on over to patreon.com slash craftbeerandcomics and check out all the levels of support and the perks. Now enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. My name is Chad Terry, and I'm the consumer. Hello, I'm Chris Losek. I'm the store manager. I'm Jason Smith. I'm the assistant manager here at Astro Zombies. And lead, we'd like to welcome you to Craft Beer and Comics, a podcast. A podcast. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Back with beer all over my mic. Oh my goodness! That's I'll why just I suck it out. It's cold. On it. oh. <laughs> I wondered. Ah. I wondered we haven't done this, this in a mic. while, so Chris is probably going to be pretty rusty at not getting his beer all over the place <laughs> when he opens right. it. <laughs> and yes, I am. <laughs> Already proven. Right as uh, right as Chad was just doing the uh, intro, I noticed mm. that the mic stands are dusty. Yeah, <laughs> that's been how long it's been since we did an episode. <laughs> Two months, but it's we've had two long. released. Yeah, we yeah. yeah. So luckily, we had a couple of things that, and that we were saving in the hopper. In the hopper. and uh, The Dennis Hopper. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully R. people R. enjoyed those. I think they were they were a I, lot of fun. I, I, I re-listened to it. Yeah, yeah. It was it was good good I re-listened as well, and I was uh, very entertained by it. Yeah, it was a good time. We're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we were going to have uh, Mr. Gabe from Rio Bravo Brewing Company on. Uh, he had a, a last minute. He wasn't able to 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 come here and that's that's all right we uh we appreciate him anyway but he did uh he gave us some tacos for cinco de mayo oh and excellent. they were good yeah my favorite one was the shrimp taco oh, this one i just finished oh, it was so shrimp fantastic i didn't quite get to the shrimp taco before we started but i'm looking forward to eating it <laughs> yeah yeah that, one's that um that fried avocado one was good i'm saving that for last it was crunchy oh yeah it's very crunchy yeah. yes this sort of reminded me of like fair food Oh yeah, it's yeah. yeah now I'm that. doubly excited. <laughs> <laughs> there was one I had that was like a, it was like barbecue brisket with coleslaw on top, and that was cool. It was good. Yeah, that barbecue was good. Mm. I liked that. Mm-hmm. And he did. He sent also for Cinco de Mayo. Uh, he sent plethora of pinatas. It's a New Mexican lager made with blue corn, five point eight percent ABV. Let's see if there's any other information on here. There's not. It's pretty simple. I mean, it's it's a it's, Mexican lager, right? It's and it's really good. It's good. <laughs> it blows. It blows uh, Dos Equis out the water, bro. Oh, I, yeah. I I love blue corn. It, I think it adds a nice little extra sweetness at the tail end of whatever it's in, and I I taste that here. Yeah, yeah. It's it. The beer isn't blue though. If you were asking or wondering, uh, I can't tell. I kind of wish it was. That'd be great, but it'd be weird. How often do you drink blue anything? Romulan ale. <laughs> yeah, blue, yeah, I'm blue. always I'm all about the Romulan ale, blue milk, yeah. <laughs> blue milk. Um, um, but yeah, I, the thing about the scene in Last Last Jedi where oh, he's yeah. milking the weird cow thing, and the cow thing just looks at Ray like, "What are you looking at?" I, I, it's like, "What the hell's go- what was with that scene?" I hated that, is that really scene. Weird. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I like, like the, the call newer... out to Blue Milk. I just didn't like how they did it. I just thought yeah. it was too fan servicey. It was just weird. It know. was a weird fan even, service. I don't even... He's straight up like squeezing those boobs. Like, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, or udders. It's got to come from somewhere, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. But having but, the weird giraffe cow thing like make eye contact with Ray while it was happening. Full blown look at her like, yeah. hey. 
<laughs> what are you doing? It's like, what, are you next? <laughs> you want to <laughs> grab on some of this? Like, what? Gross. <laughs> but the plethora of pinatas is really good. Oh, it's yeah, delicious. Yeah, um, you know, I wish, I wish Gabe was here so he could kind of talk more to how they made it or whatever. But it seems to me, this is just my, I'm a consumer. It's just the opinion, not like, oh, I taste notes of blah, blah, blah. I just like drink stuff and what about your mouth talk feel? about it or whatever. But um, it <laughs> just, it tastes how very does simple. How <laughs> does your mouth feel? Um, let's move on from that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, how does just, the beer fill in your mouth? That's it, it just, for me, it just, it's very simple and it's not like well, we're going to add Mexican spices or we're going to do this. It's just, it's simple, straight to the point. It's a Mexican lager. I can like, taste the cayenne. We put cumin in this one. <laughs> oh my God. And cilantro. Oh, God. Just, by the way, none of that is actually in these guys. Oh, yeah. No, no. no. Jeez, Louise. Just, just New Mexican lager? Yeah. Um, it's nice, Very crisp. Good. It's got a smooth finish. It's exactly what it should be. Yeah. And I do like the label. Just pinatas all over it. Uh, it's got a nice mouthfeel. It does. This mouthfeel. <laughs> Uh, there is a second beer he did send with us. We'll drink that one a little bit later. Um, this is called Golden Girls, and the label actually resembles the uh, the dice roll label. If you remember that one, I do. Kind of rem- reminds me of that. Um, but this one's a collaboration beer. It's the Pink Boots Collaboration Brew Day. Uh, it's a Belgian Belgian Golden Strong. Uh, ABV is eight percent. Hey. And uh, the New Mexico, the New Mexico Pink Boots Society is proud to share our sixth annual collaboration beer, Golden Girls. After a long and difficult year being on somewhat of a hiatus for our chapter, we hope that this Belgian Golden Strong can remind us all where we have been, the golden years ahead of us, and the strength that we have gained out of the necessity through these dark times. Cheers to many more years of collaborating with one another to assist educate and inspire the many talented amazing women in our industry and so the pink boots i believe they're um assisting inspiring and encouraging women beer professionals through education so they help uh they help women in the beer industry yeah they they train them on train them and how to do different aspects of the industry i assume yeah yeah Cool. I, I, that's awesome. Jess that's from really Bosky, cool. you know, she talks about this. Yeah. And she's probably got a hand in this as well. She does, yeah. I've been talking with her. We're going to talk about um, possibly getting together for a collaboration beer. But she was like, I'm swamped right now. The pink boots thing's going out right now. I got to get it here. I got to get it there. So she's super busy with it. So, so you're talking to them about a, coll- a collaboration beer? Yeah. For us? Uh, for something else. Okay. okay. Yeah. But yeah, don't I mean, think about us. That's fine. Eh, <laughs> uh, it, it'll be for a uh, nonprofit organization, so it's not like anything would come back to to anyone. But we'll keep that um, we'll keep that in the down low until. Yes. Good job for the pink boots. Yeah, Getting I think that's done. cool. I so, think um, they do this every year. Um, I've I only vaguely remember the the name, but uh, I'm pretty sure they do it every year. Cool. So, Fair enough. Yeah, um, excellent. We're excited to try this one. Yeah. Beer for good causes. Just slam the first one. Pretty bro. awesome. <laughs> I mean, it is an 8%, so we're going to want to like kind of sip on that up a little bit yeah, yeah. before we <laughs> finish, you know. And since the beer section's pretty much done, um, I would like to ask Chad where he's been. Mm. Yeah, Chad, where have you been? Well, I feel I so have, abandoned. Uh, <laughs> I abandoned you. <laughs> uh, I've been in, in Atlanta. Uh, I got a job as a essentially uh, the health and safety manager 
for a television show for a pilot. And uh, oh, you only filmed the one episode. We just filmed one episode two over months? two months. Wow. Yeah, it was, seems like a long time. For it, it really was. It it was uh, pilots. They take they put a little bit more they put a little bit more effort into a pilot. <laughs> you yeah. always feel like they don't because it's always the worst episode of the whole series. Yeah, it usually like, is because they're trying to well, find their footage. It's like yeah, jinky. It's before the show really knows what it wants to be. <laughs> right. It's, so. A lot of times there's recasting from, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. from yeah. the pilot to oh, the, imagine, the show. Imagine if we didn't get Captain Kirk after the pilot for Star Trek. Yeah, know, like oh, yeah. Because it was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Pike Cap- was the. Yeah, Captain yeah. Pike. And, you know, in fact, everybody in that cast, except for Leonard Nimoy, got canned. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Recast. Mm-hmm. Every single person but Leonard the entire Nimoy. show yeah. except for Leonard Nimoy. Wow. And then, uh, then they use that episode later, right, for something else. That sounds familiar, but I don't know enough about it to be an authority. So they yeah. they they put it Was out it like as an alternate reality, something like that. Something yeah, like yeah. That? They did something weird with it. I can't remember right now, but I know that they were like, okay, well, this was, you know, when they did the J.J. Abrams, they kind of pulled from that to to make the alternate reality happen. Okay. You know? Yeah, because because uh, Pike was in charge. Yeah. Well, in Pike. Recruited Kirk into Starfleet, right? Because he knew uh, his father, father. Mm-hmm. who was an uh, up-and-coming actor, Chris Hemsworth, at the time. Played oh, by yes. a brilliant Bruce Greenwood. I love Bruce Greenwood. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's great. He's great. Yeah. And, I mean, his... Never mind. <laughs> I was going to spoil that movie, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, um, he's voiced Batman in a lot of the... And oh, a good uh, chunk of the animated DC stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a good Batman voice. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. What did I just watch, and I was trying to figure out who was the Batman voice? It wasn't Lego Batman. It was something ridiculous. Oh, it was, it's Harley Quinn. I'm trying to figure out who voices him in Harley Quinn. I think it's um, the guy who voiced him in Batman the Brave and the Bold. He was on the Drew Carey show oh, with uh, the curly Dietrich hair. Dietrich Bader? Yeah, Dietrich Bader. Yeah. Nice. I like that guy. Nice. That's a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> he's also the guy in, um, uh, now I forget the name of the movie, but he's got that <laughs> handlebar mustache and he's just all, watch out for your cornhole, bud. Oh, oh, oh. um, uh it's uh, not dodgeball, uh, is it? No. No. Is he in dodgeball too? I think he might he be. Might be. It's a Mike Judge film. Yeah. It's uh, idiocracy. It's a, no, oh, it's before cool. that one. It's the one where they're beating up the PC load letter. Yeah. What, to, what the too, fuck does that mean? Too oh, short. Um, it was the office copy machine. Space. Never, office space. Office space. Because it never worked. Right. So they were like, they're we're gonna like, we're gonna kill it. Blast this yeah. thing to pieces. I, I listened to office, an interview with Mike Judge where he talked about that scene, and if I remember correctly. It was just something that they kind of came up with out of nowhere, and they just drove out and filmed it, and then it ended up making it into the movie. Right. They're like, it works. Yeah, it's fun. Leave it in. Yeah. If you've ever worked in any place and you have one piece of machinery that is supposed to do its damn job, but yeah. never does, it's the bane of your existence. Right. And if you have the opportunity to, to completely destroy, demolish <laughs> yeah. that thing and take your anger out on it- Especially when it's it. something that like a lot of stuff in the business goes through that machine, and it doesn't oh right, want to right. Win. It's like an like integral a copy part. machine in an office, mm-hmm. yeah. Or like the the internet in a comic book store that constantly has a television that's supposed to be playing something, yeah, entertaining uh, things that are entertaining and help to facilitate sales. Facilitate, <laughs> and I gotta get it to restart playing Arrow over and over and over again. And that's the worst thing. <laughs> Yikes! So that's Arrow. <laughs> Even though Arrow's not bad. But speaking of Arrow, it's yeah. a good segue. Uh, so the show I was working on is a CW show. Oh, I thought you were going to say the name. I was can like, you, I, can you, you talk about I can, it? I can talk oh. about it. Yeah, they've oh. already. I mean, they've released that it's coming out. Yeah, they're they they put <clears throat> out. David a... Devaney even like 
tweeted something. Okay. So it's Did uh, you say Dana Delaney? Ava DuVernay. Oh, that's is that totally how you say her name? I don't Dana know. Dana Delaney. Because I always thought it was like DuVernay or it something. It could be. I'm anyway, sure she's not going to listen to this. So you were working on um, on Naomi. Yes, yeah, working on Naomi. Um, they put out a promo image that was basically the actress reenacting the cover of the first issue. Oh, with her like handout or yeah. Something? There's then there's like a like push pins and strings like a yeah. conspiracy board like all around her. Yeah, yeah, that's the image I saw. Yeah, and that's Is the that one. That a Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah, Brian Michael Bendis wrote it. Yeah. Um, Jamal Campbell did the art, and the art in that book is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I I recommend it. It's it's a good book. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully the hopefully the series will be good. Um, but I like all the CW shows generally speaking. It'll be interesting to so. see what they do because there's just like one six issue miniseries. And that's it. Right. And there, I mean, isn't she in, isn't there a Justice League book that's out right now yeah, and it's she, like heavy Naomi? Yeah. The, the, the big bad that they're building towards is like from her universe. Okay. The oh, like parallel okay. universe that she's from. Gotcha. She's in Jinx World, right? The Bendis yeah. imprint? Yeah. Okay. That's only kind of continuing to happen. Yeah. What's going on with that? Yeah. Like it was a big push two years ago. Like, um, and then oh, it stopped it even was, pre-COVID. Um, it, it wasn't stopped. Jinx World. It was the... Uh, is it Wonder Comics? Yeah, Wonder Comics. Yeah, the like mm. the like young adult line right, that the he was doing. Line. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. so did you have a good time? I mean, was it interesting? I did. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, the health and safety job uh, currently is a very difficult job, especially uh, out there because they're less, they're more lax than yeah. New Mexico is. Yeah, I have to have rules. a lot of conversations with people. They're like, "Well, the state doesn't even they." stopped the mask mandate while we were filming so a lot of people are like so we don't have to wear masks anymore right i'm like no actually your employer warner brothers warner media requires right. you right, right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so because they don't want they don't want lawsuits on their hands right exactly. yeah and so you know they, they have to keep a certain you know aesthetic uh, well so yeah speak. not only that but i mean when you're on a film set i mean you're working close together i mean just if you have the mask on, it's a it's a really good first line of defense. Too bad you didn't have Tom Cruise on your set oh, to God. scream at them. Just scream <laughs> at people. I mean, it, it, yes, Tom Cruise, kind of a maniac. <laughs> um, love your films, though. But uh, he went off. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah know? Did you and listen? he had good points. He, yeah, he but did. The things yeah. he's saying make a lot of sense. They're he's like, like oh, hey. Yeah. There's literally thousands of people that are being employed because of this right now. Yeah. Right. And we need to follow these rules because if we don't, it's we get so shut down and simple. all of these people lose their work. Right. right. Exactly. Right. exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I got to commend him for it. I mean, yeah. maybe his approach wasn't necessarily the greatest, but I mean, I can't say I would do any better. In fact, I'd probably be worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, had, I had kind of a Tom Cruise moment, I guess. Oh, um, nice. Nice. Just because people... <sighs> Some people were just kind of not completely ignoring it, but kind of treating it more jokingly than they should, mm-hmm. right? And uh, we were out scouting on some locations, and one of them was a, a theater. And so everybody was, like, sitting down in seats, and somebody was making a joke about something. And because I was near the stage, and everybody was looking towards me because they're all in seats... I took the opportunity to just be like, hey, these jokes aren't funny, you guys. Like, I get it. We're all stressed out, and 
I just kind of went from there. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, On your soapbox. Yeah, and then, the, and then the, when you finished your speech, you learned how to fly a helicopter overnight, right? <laughs> right, exactly. For yeah, the yeah. other half of For, your Tom Cruise impression. Exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> Dude, what's up with that? How do you... Learn to fly a helicopter. He like, learned how to like stunt fly right, helicopters right. too. Like he's not just flying that thing; yeah. it's doing flips and shit. Yeah. Oh wow. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a maniac. Like that, in number five, where he's like hanging onto the side of the airplane as the C one thirty, I think oh, it is, yeah. as it's taking off, and he's literally doing that. Like, right, dude. Where are your balls, dude? Like, and like, bro. where do you keep them? Because they have to have their own like city. Because like, they're huge. Yeah. <laughs> they have their like, own zip code. <laughs> exactly. Like, wow, dude, you're I think and this is this is a joke. Or is it? I think he's like, This is my ticket out of here. The only way I can get away from Scientology is the to <laughs> perish. <laughs> is if I, oh, if I no. die in a fireball on a movie set. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll go down as a hero, and Scientology won't like squeal all the shit they know about me. Oh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> because that's why he can't leave. That's why nobody can leave Scientology. That's pretty, they get your deepest, darkest secrets. It's a pretty, pretty like common cult stick move. Your, never mind. It's a pretty common cult move. I watched oh, yeah. that that uh, documentary on HBO of the about the Nexium cult. Oh, did you? Yeah. God. The, Damn it, Allison <laughs> yeah. Mack! And that's when—that's a thing that they did for like the, like the sex slave part of it. Basically, was they would, they would have to volunteer collateral, and they would literally call it collateral. Jeez, to to be a part of that of that part of it, so that if you ever like squealed on them, they they could just ruin your life, right? Just casually ruin your life, and then nobody like will take you seriously because yeah. they ruin your life and you're no longer trustworthy you know yeah. who else who was actually a big part of that documentary that i that i didn't expect to be like a big player in it her name was bonnie um oh, it's not bonnie, bonnie rotten no it's it's the girl who played um the young version of aunt beru in the star wars prequels oh really oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she was a big part of that like as a victim or one of the well she was the... well she was a victim basically um she was part of the cult, and she was actually a big part of it because they would target wealthy, like influential, like actresses and stuff. That's like what they who they wanted to go for. Interesting. It was crazy. I, rec- yeah. I highly recommend it. It's called The Vow. The okay. You will That's watch right. it, and you will be like, "How do these people? Like, how would you fall for all this crap?" Right. But then by the end of it, you're like, "Okay, I can see how this works." Yeah, I mean, I there's all sorts of cults that are around and. They get people who are seemingly normal people, rational people, but yeah. for whatever reason, they're able to draw them in. Some people need something to latch onto, mm-hmm. you know, and some people, that, that's what they latch onto. Yep. We're seeing it with the COVID thing. Some people, you know, they latched onto one side of the story, and some people latched onto the other side of the story, despite facts and science. Mm-hmm. But they did, nonetheless. People that you're like, you? Like you? <laughs> um, the crazy thing is part of the reason that they were able to convict the guy from the Nexium cult, of, they convicted him of every single charge. Like oh. he was found guilty on every charge. Good. He's living and, pretty in, in yeah, prison. Yeah. yeah. Um, part of the reason they got him is because he literally had like everything 
he would record Records. everything. Oh yeah. And he had one guy who was his like was like real close with, who was his like personal like videographer slash documentarian. It's all alphabetized. And, and that just... guy ended up leaving the cult. Right. And then joining the effort to take it down. So he like pissed off the wrong guy, and that was his downfall because yeah. this guy just had everything oh, thousands of hours of footage that That's was just insane. that. It wasn't necessarily like, it was the sort of thing that they got, he was able to use this footage to get the the prosecutors to go for it, like to for them to build a case against right, him. Right, right, right. Because the guy was actually pretty careful to not say anything like, you know, We're gonna criminally and, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but it was, it's crazy. Yeah. And, there's all, and that's only the first season. There's another season of that documentary series coming. Crazy. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, Atlanta. This isn't documentaries or craft beer and documentaries. That's right. It's craft um, beer and comics. Yeah. So yeah. We can talk about whatever we want, though. That's true. Mm-hmm. Because um, we like to talk. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been two months. We haven't talked about WandaVision. We haven't talked about yeah. Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. We haven't talked and about the comics we're about to talk about or any comics in yeah, quite yeah. some time. There's been plenty going on. Yeah. Were, you, were you able to read any comics while you were in Atlanta? Or? Uh, I've... I've Hunted down the trade of Naomi. Gotcha. I read that. That's a good idea. Because I wanted to kind of see what we were doing. So how did, what did you think of it? I enjoyed it. Uh, near the end of it, oddly enough, the writing kind of got away from me. Um, Bendis has trouble landing the plane sometimes. Yeah. Um, but the overall story, like the you know the beats are there all that stuff so i'm interested to see what the show actually looks like moving forward after the pilot so i'm just interested CW, to see what they so do with the show because yeah. there's just not a ton of source material which is i mean <clears throat> it's interesting that they decided to even go with this one you know yeah it is interesting considering there's like killer be killed in east of west and uh Seven to Eternity that have been sitting around for like five years options. Yeah. And they still haven't done anything with those things. And I, I, I'm not going to say they're more riveting than Naomi, but I feel like there's a lot more source material, that's for sure. Very yeah. different things, but... <clears throat> right, right. I'm yeah. just saying, and yeah. as far as every comic book is getting optioned at this rate. Pretty yeah. quick, well, yeah. a lot of them. But if I'm the CW, they've had a lot of success with comic book. TV shows. Right, exactly. And so if I'm them as as like the Arrowverse stuff kind of winds down, you, they're just looking for stuff. They're right. looking for for things that are that are that connect with that younger audience and are inclusive. And I think Naomi kind of fits the bill for that. Exactly. I think that's Certainly. probably one of the reasons they went with it is she she got popular really quick with as she was coming out, from what I understand. Yeah, the first issue spiked. Yeah, like, and so I think that first. they see that as resonating with with an audience that doesn't necessarily have a character, maybe. And so they're yeah. they're like, we need to get this to TV so that we can expand that audience. Fair enough. Yeah, that's my thought. Which anyway. is great. I didn't sit down and chat with Ava about it, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's another reason this show is getting fast tracked. Is is that Ava DuVernay is attached. Yeah. And she's a lot of clout right now. Yeah, she does. I didn't know who she was. Kind of surprises me because we were kind of going through her filmography earlier and mm-hmm. not a lot of not a lot of hits on that list, but Right. But like steady, I guess. <laughs> yeah, steady work. Yeah. 
But it's too bad that new Gods movie got canceled because I was really curious what they were going to do with that. Yeah. Is it canceled, canceled, or just... Yeah. It is, yeah. It is it is dead in the water, unfortunately. Uh, that's too bad. There Bummer. was a Twitter campaign to, like, to, you know, save it. But There's always a Twitter campaign. I mean, but the Snyder Cut one worked. The Sonic yeah. one worked. The Sonic <laughs> one worked, but it bankrupted that company, and they shut down. The animation studio. Yeah, people yeah. didn't go and actually support it like they should have. Well, the problem was, is... COVID. Well, that, but also the the studio animation studio had to basically make one make two movies for the price of one. Right. Yeah. And exactly. they just couldn't afford that. Right. So they And and that's the perfect segue into my issue with the whole thing. The Snyder Cut, you give me an extra thirty five million dollars or whatever mm-hmm. and three more years and allow me to make a four hour piece of crap, <sighs> it better be good. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not how movies yeah. are made. Right. And so we walk this fine line where people are like, Oh, I don't like the color of Sonic's fur so fuck it, make another one, and that's what they did. Yeah. To be fair, <laughs> it was a terrible. The first version of Sonic was Nightmare Fuel. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we it don't was, know. We'll I, never know if if it was an okay movie. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? We'll, well they never didn't know. change much of the movie. They just changed what he looked like. Right. Right. But the you most never expensive part of the movie. Well, yeah. true. And the full the animation on the main character. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's going to yeah. cost a pretty penny. But. Um, oh, so CG main character. I just have yes. issues with, with all these voices being able to make yes. decisions for to other in, people. We're not going to get right. It's just I, like Disney owning everything. Well, we're I not going to get that. anything unique or boundary pushing anymore. Yeah, we're not I, get and I, I agree with anymore. that to an extent because you you can't make everybody happy, and so all. you need to create, put it out there, and then let the audience decide what they want with it and move on you know what i mean i think that boundary pushing stuff is still going to happen i just think it's going to live in a different place now it's instead of it being a theatrical experience it's going to live on things like netflix and imagine you know amazon prime being john malkovich and i don't i don't it's not necessarily like why i'm bringing up john malkovich is the first thing that popped in my head yeah yeah but that kind of pushed some boundaries. It was definitely a unique film with a lot of weirdness going on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, could something like that be made nowadays? I mean, there's movies that just happened five years ago that you couldn't make nowadays. Or, yeah. And then certainly not talk about like Blazing Saddles or yeah, things of yeah. that nature where you're just like, it's full blown. You can't even can't even think of going yeah. in those realms. Um, I was watching a Chris Rock special from 2013 and he was talking about when it's okay for a white person to use the N-word. And I was like, that's probably not even accurate anymore. Like, at this rate, you know, first off, you never can. Okay? I was going to say, but, I think <laughs> the safe answer is never. Yeah, and he kind of, he, it's like between 4.28 and 4.37 a.m. Right. On, on Christmas Eve, if you get beat up and peed on by, dude, then you can say, catch that, you know? And I was like, I, I mean, uh, no. But he did go into, you know, when you're singing Dr. Dre, can you sing that word? And And, you know. Um, I just avoid it personally. That was the joke, though, is that his white friends will like, like, be singing that with him around, and then they'll be like, uh, "Get to the lyric and just, <laughs> yeah, just skip it." <laughs> <laughs> so, and you know, even if Chris Rock says it's all right, it, it still isn't all right. And yeah, I, exactly, yeah. I know it's not all right. I never, I never have. But, right, right. But it's one of those things where you know it's a whole different world just a few years later, and. I, I jumped on that bandwagon, but really, that's not even the important part. I'm just saying that we may not get 
important art anymore if we're not pushing these boundaries and if everybody has something to say about it and we listen to what everybody says instead of our own creative force. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though, is that platforms like platforms like YouTube kind of democratize that sort of thing. So a lot of that boundary-pushing art like that is happening on a place like YouTube. Right. And where people can go and see it for free. So how do you make a living off pushing boundaries? That becomes Ads. the question. You can't. Yeah. You have to just make pop music and you have to make pop movies. You just have to make easily digestible garbage for the masses to ingest. Well, we're making but easily making... digestible garbage and we're making a lot of money, aren't we? <laughs> we're not making anything. <laughs> oh. We're just not, having fun. I'm not <laughs> seeing any of it. <laughs> we're just having fun. We're just having fun and getting beer. and Yeah, yeah, free beer books. and tacos. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, we're, we're benefiting. <laughs> we're benefiting for sure. <laughs> And we get to hang out. Yeah. You know. yeah. So, um, um, yeah. So I have been gone for two months. Like, what's been going on here? It's been so busy. It's it? been so super busy. busy. Um, everybody's spinning those those checks. Yeah. And it's been it's been good. Um, it's been rough. Yeah. At yeah. times, it's it's very busy, which is great. We're we're th- thrilled to have the sales, but man, it's exhausting. Yeah. It, and it it's can hard, be hard to get. All of those like peripheral things that are that we have to get done around here, that stuff tends to fall through the cracks. Okay, and it doesn't our, fall through the cracks. We it, just I've been coming in at forty minutes early for the yeah. last several weeks. Well, it builds up, and then yeah. we're like, we can't ignore this anymore. Yeah, pretty and, much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's on fire. We should probably put that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't say, don't say that. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> there's only yeah. been last three time, attempts. Yeah, only three, three last times. Only three here, attempts. Man. Um, we've been super busy. The customers have been fantastic, man. So many great people. Um, all the comics that are coming out are fantastic. Like, lots of toys are coming out, and people are just buying it up. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. But it's exhausting by the end of the day. And, you know, you're like, what? Come on, dude. You work in a comic book store. How hard can that be? Right. Like, Trust well, me, the gift of gab takes effort. Yeah. Oh, I am, yeah. I'm naturally introverted. And so for me to to talk and be outgoing and 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 be as friendly as i can with customers all day it really takes it out of me <laughs> right there's yeah. been a few yeah. times jason where you're like i'm like bro <laughs> you were you were snippy immediately like usually you'll allow like one or two stupid comments before you shut them down but the, <laughs> but but you haven't seen the four hours of right right of, of build up to that you know <laughs> totally. oh man <laughs> yeah it's um we're selling a ton of stuff everything's yeah. Any any good comics come in that I missed? That came in and sold and yeah I yeah I had that first uh, <laughs> first kingpin graded oh yeah four or five oh that you're talking about keys okay. yeah yeah um I mean because I've been it's like well there's this Batman Fortnite book <laughs> <laughs> don't ask we We're don't out. have it <laughs> I, I, so when I was when I was in Atlanta I, I would I went around to a bunch of breweries and comic book shops um, that's awesome I I got. I got a handful of really cool stuff that I've been looking for. Um, the second appearance of Harley Quinn, uh, Mad Love. Yeah, yeah. The, um, that prestige format book. Yeah, yeah I've got yeah. that. It's a good I book. got that. I got uh, The Pale Vision, the first appearance oh, of him. Oh, uh, nice. 42? 47, 42. Oh, that, are you sure? Somewhere around I think there. it's 42, but whatever. It's West Coast Previous. Yeah, West Coast Previous. Avengers or Avengers West Coast. Until very That's recently. That's the problem. Uh, until <laughs> very recently, Dollar Bin Fodder. 
Right. Uh, yeah, hundred yeah, no, percent. Yeah, I've had those books since they came out because I was a big fan of the West Coast Avengers yeah. when they first came out because it was the Avengers. I was like, oh, these are cool. They also had the Salt Lake Avengers in there for a little bit, like two issues, and I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, these guys are cool. <laughs> Just off the beaten path, weirdos, you know. Yeah, and I really yeah. like Avengers. Them. Yeah. Uh, and I got so I, I one of my odd. How much did you pay for that one, by the way? Fifty, I think. Okay, well, that sounds about right. I mean, yeah. it, it popped up to like one fifty really right, fast, really, really quick. The end of that episode, it was boom. Yeah, and it was in good condition too so i was like all right i don't even need to worry about haggling with you it looked great fine. in the show too that oh, oh yeah. amazing vision looked really good the scene in that last episode with vision on vision in the library talking the ship of theseus stuff oh my god i yeah, love it that blew part. my mind yeah, i was, was just like wow this is so well done that whole show was so well done i think so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna poop on falcon winter soldier but i feel that it didn't have a chance against wandavision okay you know like there was a lot of cool stuff. It was in a very different show. Right, right. Well, there was yeah. a lot of cool About stuff. It was more like the movies. Things. Yeah. I felt that it was more of a movie type thing where WandaVision was its own yeah. thing. Yeah. Like you got this suspenseful mystery. And you didn't know what was going on. Did it you see it all guessing. Did you see that the, the writer for Falcon Winter Soldier is going to be doing Captain America 4? That's cool. That's yeah. great. I mean, nice. I didn't. I felt that the first episode and the second episode, they relied a little too much on the action scenes, like to carry that episode through. Of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Where, yeah, right, exactly. Um, I haven't I haven't seen any. There of those was yet. great. Oh, dude, there's great action sequences. Very like great hand to hand combat stuff. Yeah, just like you would expect out of a Captain America movie. Like mm-hmm. it's. And they brought really, uh, GSP back, to do his part that he did in uh, Winter Soldier. Or was it? Oh, George yeah. St. Pierre. George St. Yeah. Pierre, yeah. yeah. Former I, I didn't know. UFC uh, midweight champion. Batroc the Leaper, an old school Captain yeah. America villain. Oh, Deep really? Cut. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. And uh, so it was cool because GSP um, was an amazing fighter. Oh, yeah. And, and one of my favorites, honestly, for that for that weight class, absolutely. He does a great job in those in the movie He's and the show. He's good, actually. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool that, you know, he was popular when Winter Soldier came out and he was still fighting, but he was on a break. You know, now he's too old to fight. Yeah, 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 and so it was cool that he was able to kind of like, you know, hey, I, I, I have a career based on this for a few more. Yeah, he you can know, use uh, use all that education that he had with with fighting and turn it into an absolutely. Actual and it, it was very good. Um, you got to see Falcon Winter Soldier so we could talk about it. Yeah, we I'll should maybe do it. some some like off stuff where we just talk about film or something. You know, like that way we don't take up this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah one of these days. Yeah. Vote for it, Patreons. There you go. <laughs> um. And then I got one of the ones that I stumbled upon was uh, She-Hulk, where they forced her to jump rope naked. And so it's it's I col- I try and collect that's John a- Byrne sensational run right that's aged so. well yeah and, well and that's part of it that's why I got it is it's not about like oh she's gonna be naked jump roping in there <laughs> I for whatever reason I collect sweet bro these. you gotta join him a naked green woman awesome <laughs> right um, but I, I collect like these the controversial comics. Just because <laughs> I, I I like to have him as what was it five seventy three action five seventy three with where he sleeps with Big Barda yeah that last one yeah <laughs> yeah picked I that uh, up. have one of those if you want to buy it no he's the one <laughs> I picked he's him up it oh that's right that's right, right yeah and that's when I looked at my seals and I was like oh I have these yeah wait a minute <laughs> um, but it, it part of it is it's it's like a time capsule that way you can show people like look at what they thought was acceptable. 
at one point in time because there's there's going to be a point where people <laughs> are like what you they would thought never was get okay to put that. in a comic book right you know? yeah. I mean, how did yeah. the comics code not have something to say about that well know? and that was the thing is on the cover she's she's covered herself with the comic code authority yeah and yeah. then when she's jump roping she's jump roping so fast that it's all blurred of out of course but you, the way that the her head and legs are you get the gist of what the body would be in that movement right and it's just it's super creepy and like because they're breaking the fourth wall like they're actually talking about like can you believe what they're making me do and it's like yeah she yeah, was she's big not breaking okay. the fourth wall for <laughs> Deadpool yeah is that the number one of that no no it's like uh it's in the 20s maybe 10s 20s that's not the I might have that too <laughs> Because um, I've got a lot of that. that. That number one isn't where she's holding the comic book and going, hey, if you don't buy this one, I'm going to come kick your butt, right? That's the number one that's, in the second series, That's right? the one second, I have. Yeah. 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 It's I have a different a, run. I have a newsstand of that one. Wow. Yeah. It's not in great shape, though. Oh. Oh, it's because it's a newsstand. Exactly. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. I also lived in a friend of mine's garage for, like, his whole adulthood. So, <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> but uh, some of the brewers I went to, I went to this one place called... Uh, variant brewing company mm-hmm. um and they'll have you know their regular beers and then they just kind of make variants of those and so they'll add whatever to make it special runs or whatever cayenne for a mexican lager right yeah nice. exactly um and this guy <laughs> paul he he was like he has a tattoo and he's like if you can guess like i was telling him about like oh yeah do this podcast blah 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 and he's like oh usually if people he's got a bear on his arm and it's wearing a piece of armor. He's like, usually if people can tell me what armor this is, I buy him their first drink, but y- you're going to get it right away. I was like, that's He-Man's armor. What are you talking about? He's like, yeah, <laughs> see. <laughs> <laughs> Not then, giving you any beer. <laughs> right. But then he, he came back. He bought me a beer. He's like, you're pretty cool, so I'll, I'll do it. You had it. He's like, you had it right like right away. I didn't even have to ask you, so I'll give you a beer. Was it just the, the Iron Cross? Yeah, the, the Iron Cross. The X. But it's on, red iron cross? It's on a bear. <laughs> I was like, I mean, it was pretty cool, man. Is, so He-Man wears like bearskin like underwear. I feel like that so could just be his funny. hair. Wow. <laughs> he just holds it in place with the that belt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you a Master of the Universe fan? Um I suppose so. I mean, I don't I mean, when I was a kid, I had all the action figures and we played with all the toys and so stuff. So they're doing that Netflix show that Kevin Smith is show running. Oh, really? And it's got like a ridiculous voice cast. Like Lena Headey's in it, and Mark Hamill, and uh, oh, that could be just, fun. Those are the first two names that that jump to mind. But uh, it's just got like a killer voice cast. Nice, and it's they're using the same animation studio that did the Castlevania Netflix series. Okay, that, like crazy, like anime style one that had like really well animated action sequences, and they're doing a Masters of the Universe show. That could be cool, man. Yeah, it seems. Seems I'm intrigued at least. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, toxic masculinity is kind of like the image of the He-Man line, as far as yeah, you know. So it'll be interesting to see how they get away from that. Yeah. Did you ever watch that Shira, the Princesses of Power show? No, on my Netflix? daughter loved it though. My I cat watched is it. named Catra. It's good. Of it. Yeah. It's really well put together, and it 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 does a, a lot to really. You're talking about like is there that. a new one or are you talking about the old '80s one? No, it's a one. it's a new one on Netflix. Oh, I haven't seen that. Oh. It's uh, well, I think it's actually run its course. I think it had its final season, um, but it's 
it's an animated show on Netflix. It's a Netflix exclusive. Um, and it's, it does a lot to really buck that, that stigma that goes with the masters of the universe line. Awesome. Like I, I remember when it was being announced and they showed the, they showed like the character design for She-Ra and she wasn't like, you know, wearing a mini skirt that barely covered her butt cheeks. Right. And, and everybody, you know, all these like creepy old dudes on online were like losing their crap about it. That's not my She-Ra. Yeah, that's not my, my Shira. Shira it's like you know, definitely almost naked. It's like this is not your Shira. This show's aimed at like thirteen-year-old girls. Right. So, <laughs> so is that what you perv? <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting when you just let people talk. Sometimes you're like, oh, you're you one of those. Like that? Okay. <laughs> you still like that? So, oh, you just keep incriminating yourself. Why don't you? Right. All right. Well. uh... <laughs> I'm going to buy this other guy a beer over there. Uh, yeah. You can stay here. <laughs> you just hang out over there by yourself. Do you guys want to get into some comic books? Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Who wants to go first? I can go first. Okay. So uh, I read an image book called The Good Asian. And when I was putting this um, around, I was thinking, man, I feel like this is going to be a racist book. And um, real quick, it's it's a period piece set in 1936. And holy hell, is it racist? Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's period correct. Okay, um, yeah. it takes place in San Francisco, um, Chinatown specifically, and it's about an Asian cop of that era, which is kind of unheard of, especially in that part of the world. Um, in in on the East Coast, more prevalent, but um, for 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 San Francisco, Chinatown was kind of there's there's a really cool line in here, and I'm going to read it verbatim so I don't screw it up here. Um, Good call. Yeah. We th- and I'm th- going to mess up the names of the people who did it, and I'll get to that in a second. But. Okay. We think of we think of San Francisco as this, like, progressive, like, bastion of progressivism in, in America. Like but, 8th Street and all that. But it, it now starts. It yeah, now it is. Less than 100 years ago, it was literally a, a place where they would keep Chinese immigrants from going to the rest of the country. That's wow. That's why Chinatown exists. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's um so I'll read it. In eighteen eighty two the US passed a ban on Chinese immigrants, blaming them for the eighteen seventy four depression. In nineteen twenty four, the Johnson Reed Act expanded that ban to include Asians and Arabs. By nineteen thirty six, over half a century after the original ban, the Chinese was America's first generation to come of age under the immigration ban. So that's the context of this book. Okay. Um so it's written by uh Pornsack, I'm so sorry that I'm not going to get your last name well, but it's Pornsack Pitchershot. Pitchershot. Okay. And you know what? Aaron Campbell has said his name a trillion times right. to me. Um, so, you know, I certainly feel bad, but, it, it, you know, I'm also his friend on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're doing our best, you guys. Pornsack, I love you, man. I'm sorry I screwed up your last name. Um, but he did Infidel, which is, yeah. you know, the book that Aaron Campbell and him did, and it kind of both shot them into stratosphere. Pornsack already had a had a a career and has had an amazing career. He was editor for DC for a while and you know, he was a director um, on several shows. Um, he's done Flashpoint. He's done Doctor Strange. He's he's written a lot of stuff. He's helped direct a lot of stuff, show run a lot of stuff. I mean, he's prolific and he's he seems like he's now getting into the realm of uh, the racist stuff. I mean, because, you know, Infidel was about... Infidel had that like the underlying story of... Right, right, exactly. Racist other. ghosts. Yeah. I'm holding my fingers up in quotation marks. He's also, uh, you know, been an Eisner, Eisner nominee uh, for Day Tripper 
and a few other things. He's a big Spider-Man fan, and that's how he started his Spider-Man or his comics love. Yeah, it's my guy. <laughs> Spider-Man was my intro drug to comic books. Absolutely, you know my uncle, who is actually my second cousin, but um, I consider my uncle gave me his comic book collection when I first moved back to New Mexico as a five-year-old, and. <laughs> And now I manage a comic book store. <laughs> yeah. so it's all your fault, Clay. And Way then, to go. and history was made. <laughs> That's right. And then this, um, the artist is Alexandra Tefingi. Um, Tefingi. Uh, it's French, and I blew it. Mm. And I apologize again. Um, but this guy's BA. He went to college at the uh, Saint Luke in Brussels, in Belgium. Uh, you know, he got his art degree out there, and so he's 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 a legitimate player. He did that book, Outpost Zero, which I thought was really good. It was a very cool kind of uh, interesting concept about, you know, dystopian life where Earth is dead. And was that the... They're trying to terraform, and they have, like, domes, but these... Who's the writer on that? Uh, I, I, I don't know. We have it right here. That somewhere. wasn't the John Lehman one, right? The... As they're looking, I'm going to open up the Golden Girls. Whoa. Slamming those I opened. I just opened mine and took my first couple of drinks of it. Man, you monsters. I thought I was drinking mine too fast. So anyways. Um, oh, that's a Belgian. It is. I like it a lot. He His first book was this Tranquil Courage comic that he did a while back. And it was kind of like he... He applied to do all these things. He was doing serials, and then so he was like, hey, let's do this comic. And he did that, and that kind of helped him start his career. But that was in 09, and he's been doing, like, random stuff since. So this is only a second big comic. Um, and I'll tell you what, man, uh, the art is phenomenal in this book. Yeah. The story is phenomenal. This is, um, before you even ask, I'll be reading all of this. Oh, this cool. is my favorite book <laughs> of the week. I mean, it's my favorite image one, image number one to come out since Firepower. Wow, that's, that's yeah. saying a lot too. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of great image yeah. books. I mean, they're mostly all good. Um, Just the the level of work here is so high. <laughs> um, so they start talking about um, gold and how important it is and how everybody loves it, and then it makes an allegory to the Golden Gate bridge and then he kind of says you know, but what we don't realize is what's the definition of a gate a gate is something to keep people in or out yeah. you know and so to what Jason was saying because this port is the closest big port to to Asia um, they would get tons of migrants coming trying to come over and so they have this place called Angel Island which is the opposite of Ellis Islands wherein they, they basically imprison you hmm. and then make you jump through thousands of hoops to try and get you to to be able to come into America, and there was a lot of nefariousness with the, with the government, nefariousness with the, the the police, and that's what this story is about. It's it's set in 1936, and it's on purpose as racist as they were back then. So if you're not into, I'm not going to obviously say any words here, but if you're not into racial slurs. Then you really got to put on your, yeah. your your pants on this one because okay. there's that's a ton a, of it. If that's a trigger for you, then this might not be the book for you. Yeah, but I would. There's what the book is trying to do and what it's trying to say is important enough that I think even if you get triggered by that stuff, it, I think it's worth muscling through it. It's the the reason that they're using that is to show how appalling it is right you know, it's 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 not being used in a like a let's highlight this it's and make not it tongue funny. in cheek right yeah, exactly it's, it's like people talk it's like, like this. dude these cops and and i'm not bashing on cops 
this comic is talking about how a lot of the, especially the cops who were assigned to Chinatown, because there was a special division for Chinatown back then, they were assholes. Yeah. Like purposely assholes. And they were assigned to those because they knew these are the guys that are going to push them around and won't let them do anything. You know, it's going to be. You have to keep them in their place. Right. They're going to keep them in their place and they're going to uphold the law even if they're breaking the law. Right. And now, that being said, this is a police story. The, the right. main character is an Asian detective. Right. Who is one of the first, and in, in this, the fiction of the story is one of the first Asian detectives. And the, the, the Asian people are like surprised that, that he's, well, and they're like, you're Chinese. They think How are of, you a cop? They're thinking of him, they think of him as a traitor. Because right, absolutely. Why are you turning on like, your own Like, hey, kind? these people are the ones that are actively oppressing us, mm-hmm. and you're one of them. But he's not. He, you know, he's... You ever read that Incognito book? I haven't read it, unfortunately. So it's kind of no. like... It takes place in the same era, um, Depression era. But he's so... Cl- he's 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 African-American man. But he's he's very light skinned, so he can actually pass oh, gotcha. as a white guy, and so he kind of infiltrates situations because of that. This is kind of the same thing, but he's in pl- hiding in plain sight. Where you know he's a police officer, he's going to uphold the law, but you know he's still going to watch out for for his own kind within reason. There is a weird part here where um, he's talking this family; they're trying to get information. And the the father's he can he, he's a he's an astute detective, and he notices that the father is obviously addicted to heroin, and so that father is about to let his son and his wife go down, so that he can escape and continue to be a heroin addict. Huh. And there's a part where they're like, "Why are you doing this? Why are you turning on us?" And he's like, "Listen, the cops are doing things for a reason, and if you stop giving them reasons to do it, then it would stop." And and I was like. Oh. Well, and he also says like, like he was gonna let you guys suffer for his right, addiction. Right. Yeah, and I and you know I stopped him. And so that so kind like, of you guys are like you guys aren't getting deported because I because I'm right. taking your dad away. And I think that may be part of the good Asian title here. Um, well, I it's it's an ironic title. He's the, absolutely he's the good Asian right. because he's the <laughs> right one exactly you know. exactly. Um, it's. The book is done so well. He he goes into psychological profiling on a lot of these characters, and it's it's spot on and it's super super well done. Um, I can't say enough. And it's very much noir storytelling. It's, yeah, it's yeah, the, it's, it's crime it's noir. The, if you're a fan of Ed Brubaker's, it's the continuous inner dialogue that is noir storytelling. It's he's he's narrating his it, own. It's story. grim and it's depressing, <laughs> and it's real. Yeah, and I respect it a lot. Um. It's great. At least this first issue in is on its way to being like a important book. Yeah, nice. I agree. It's there's there's plenty of action. He's basically he's been hired to help with what I think is his family has a problem and so they called him to come. He's adopted okay. by this rich family. And the father is in a coma now because of the disappearance of his daughter who is the the father's daughter who is his sister. Well, it was, so he's the son of a Chinese servant in this guy's house. And he, and this guy was in love with his mother. And when she died, he promised to, to raise him as her, as his own. 
the person who's gone missing is another servant who he then fell in love with again. And then she, <laughs> apparently he's got a type and then something went, something was, <laughs> something happened and she took off and now the family, and then he like immediately fell ill after that. Right. And the, that the guy he's talking to there is the son and he's Who's like, his Hey brother, but yeah, like they grew up together. And, right. Right. He's like, Hey, we, like we think his health is failing because he's so distraught about her taking off. You need to find her and bring her back. There's this weird little part where they're talking about how we know he's he's not listening, but we know they think he's not listening, but we kind of know better. Kind of indicating that maybe he's not in a coma. I I, I don't know. It's weird. Um, what I do like is when they do have the flashbacks. It's obviously a flashback. It's not just like. Am I in a flashback now, or okay. you know, like because sometimes it's super obvious, sometimes it's hard to. Yeah, it's it's got kind of a like a washed out color to it, kind so of you like can a tell haze. that these are right. Especially it's a especially if an artist isn't particularly good at showing age on a face. Yeah, because I feel like you run into that a lot. Oh, but I, I like that too because if you you kind of haze it out a little bit, mm-hmm. I mean that's how memories are. Right, they're kind of fuzzy, and you, for lack of a better term, you kind of make stuff up with memories. Yeah. That's that's been proven. The stuff, yeah. the stuff you don't remember, you kind of fill in the gaps. Right, but you know? you legitimately believe it as the memory. But I it's, have a but weird a, memory a filled in gap from when I was five, first showing up to the farm here in Corrales after moving back from the East Coast, and my memory is of me being shown the barn, but it's an overhead view of me walking around with my cousin, and I'm like, right. wait right. a minute, how do I have <laughs> how do I have an overhead memory of myself walking <laughs> right. around of like. I was watching the security cam footage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, and it didn't dawn to me until I was much older that this memory is not a freaking memory at all because not possible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like some weird imagination fancy that you had when you were a kid yep. that somehow made it into your brain as a memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I like when they do that, like put a haze on it. Yeah. It, it, some comic books, like Jason was saying, it's not clear if you're watching a f- flashback yeah. or if this is a scene in <laughs> somebody this, else's this apartment guy or, or this guy 20 right. years ago this yeah. one's very obvious you can tell there's a little bit of stress within the family that you can kind of read off the characters but it's not disdain they don't hate each other they almost pity him right yeah. right it's it's weird um but needless to say he, so he's he's come from somewhere else to san francisco to try and help solve this crime and and sometimes the cops the local cops are kind of helping sometimes they're not there's this whole scene where he is obviously got some kind of sexual addiction because it becomes this well i i don't think i think something else is going on there but that's just my thing he's just talking about here's my and and on cue my type saunters right on by and then he's having flashbacks of some other encounter with the same type of woman. The problem is she's a white girl. Okay. Yeah. He's he, fair enough. He has a thing for white girls, and it's he talks about he's his thing right there in that panel. He says something about it. It's gonna gotten him in trouble. He's I think he's had flings with white women in the past, and it's gotten him in trouble. There's even a weird uh. There's a something I didn't know, but there's a there's a racial slur for white people, like the Chinese racial slur for white people in here. Yeah. I was like, oh wow. I didn't know that was a thing. Huh. Got to keep my ears open for that one. Was, was it like Gaojo or uh, something? Yeah, yeah. Is it Gaijin? Gaijin is the Japanese one. Right, that's uh, Japanese. Okay. It means yeah. like outsider. Okay. Um, uh, we'll find it when we're not live here so I don't take up all the time. Yeah, right on. Needless to say, cool. so th- so it really ends up him going to Chinatown, trying to figure out this this 
mystery and then a kid kind of helps him out and shows him a, a secret and the secret is that well I'm not going to tell you but the secret is nobody is willing to do anything because of how awful the police are to the Chinese okay. they're not going to they're not going to act upon what is a murder I'll give you that much because they don't how are they going to oh. you know how are they going to do it um they can't they will be blamed for it and every single person in the town's going to be beaten and interrogated and they'll never find anything because it's a white guy gotcha so they're going to get blamed for it and everything um one of my favorite things about this book is typically when you have a cliffhanger at the end the action happens they're like yeah and i'm going to drop him off a cliff and then that's when the end of the comic to be continued this one the cliffhanger is wait and then the action doesn't happen. We get to wait and see what the action's going to be. So I thought that was really cool. I mean, you know, you see it. You see it. It's not like this is the first time this has ever happened. Yeah. But I thought it was well done, and I enjoyed it a lot. This book is nice. solid from beginning to end. Um, the art's amazing. I can't say enough good things about the book. There's cool. a lot of really good character stuff with the main character. You can really, you can really feel that he's he feels tugged between two worlds. Like Absolutely. he feels tugged he's a between. Cop, but yeah. Yeah. He's also Chinese. Yeah, it's because every every any any action he would take to help his own people just jeopardizes his career as a police officer, and so, you know, what does he do? He's between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, and um, there's other books. You know, we were enemies by, uh, um, is that George Takai? George Takai. You know, I haven't read that one yet, but I wanted to. Uh, that they, one's rough. They called us yeah. enemy, is what it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure we get the title right so people want to check. I don't know. Yeah. What did I say? <laughs> you said we were enemies, which is close. Oh, yeah. They yes. called us enemies. It's all, it's all a different thing. Yeah. We have Spanish versions of that book. But anyways, um, it's one of those things. Like, when we grew up, the, the history books didn't mention this stuff, you know? I mean, oh, yeah, no. we, we blew up Japan. Right. You know? But they don't even talk about the imprisonment camps that we had here in America. Right. They... Yeah. Gl- they glazed over those pretty right, quickly. Right, exactly. I remember going on uh, field trips to the one in California. Really? And uh, I think it's called Manzanar. Hmm. And that's the thing is it's glazed over like they were summer camps, you know what I mean? And that's just not what they were. They weren't taking showers, though. No, 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 no. They definitely but, weren't like Nazi concentration right, camps. Right, right. I don't exactly. care how, you know, not terrible they were. Yeah. The fact that we imprisoned citizens of this country for no other reason than they happened to be Japanese American. And it, it, well, and that's the thing too, and that's what the, that was the point I was getting to. Is that they were Asian, right? Not necessarily yeah, yeah. Japanese Americans. If you were Asian, yeah, you were in You're there. Going you in. know, and and that and this book is hitting on that stuff. This is I'm I'm gonna see B, BLM, but it, this is part of the movements that are happening nowadays, bringing us to understand the atrocities that you know us white dudes were responsible for back. You know, well, and, and this is this is an interesting time for this book to come out because it's a great time. there's a lot of anti-Asian sentiment going on right now. Right. God, that sucks too. That's so stupid. You know, how can you be racist in, nowadays? It's just dumb. Right. You know, these yeah. people are your friends and your family, and and your friends and family's friends and family. You know, they're, they they're just more been. people, and that the the concept that this virus was spread by the Chinese is dumb or that it even started out there. I mean, okay, maybe it did, but what does that matter? What does that have to do with a whole race of people? It has nothing. Like, right. Guess what? A third of the population lives in China. 
Yeah. So <laughs> exactly. Uh, there's a so there's a statistically, it's a really good chance that it's that it that it comes from a Chinese person. Yeah. Just it, statistically, and it doesn't freaking matter. Yeah, it doesn't I don't know. matter. It's, it's so infuriating to me that that we live in a day and age where, you know, the X Men. We're talking about this. God loves man kills. We've been talking about this right. for decades. It's the same shit over and over, and we're not listening, yeah. and we're not learning. And and some people still believe that so, racism is is dead, and it's not a real thing. Oh my god! And I just as far from the truth as possible. I, I'm like, are you a racist? Because <laughs> if you honestly <laughs> just, believe that, it's just less. They just have to hide it now. Yeah. And all, well, the, they, all, but less of that is even happening now. Yeah. Well, and They've that's thanks emboldened. to our former yeah. leader. I'm holding my fingers because he was never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My leader, I didn't vote for him. <laughs> I didn't vote against him, but I didn't vote for him either. I mean, I voted for Libertarian that year, but still. It's, uh, this well, is the perfect time for this book him. because it's, <laughs> what's that? That's a vote against him. Uh, I mean, he sure, but it didn't work out. No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people would say if you didn't vote for Hillary, then you voted for Trump, which I think is bullshit. I, I still I believe that people should vote based on their conscience. I mean, Not the I, money, because that's I, what that runs the politics is money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But- Need to say this is a great book. It hits on some serious notes. Obviously, our our conversation here yeah. got a little serious because I'm mildly passionate about it. Um, but pick it up, love it. I'm giving it to everybody who's come into the store. Hopefully, they like it. Um, nice. Yeah, I had a good time with this. Awesome. Cool. So uh, we can transition to a, the book that I am talking about this week. That is a. Uh, a little bit more fun, a little bit less serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not much um, joking around in this book, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm reading, I am talking about Heroes Reborn, number one, uh, written by Jason Aaron, uh, drawn by Ed McGinnis, and color or inks by Mark Morales, which is great. If you ever get a chance, go follow Mark Morales on Instagram. He posts videos where he's inking, like hand inking which is just becoming more and more of a lost art in comic books these days. Oh, yeah. It's extremely satisfying to watch. I will just scroll through his feed and just watch the same videos over and over again just because it just causes good brain tingles for me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah, you draw that art. You color that in, man. <laughs> I don't think that's what he meant, but all right. You, all right, ink, you ink those lines <laughs> by hand. Um, <laughs> Giving it a hand <laughs> shot? Uh... Uh, I mean, it's a job far. you do with your hands, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, but aren't most jobs? <laughs> I mean, unless you're you're um, you know a race car driver, like a foot race car driver. Oh, that'd be interesting. I'm sure anyway, it exists. Uh, colors by Matthew Wilson and letters by VCs Corey Pettit or Petit. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that. Um, but I think this it's called book, P-tight. P-tight. <laughs> P-tight. Um, <laughs> there is a so basically this is a. I think this is a crossover event. Uh, they didn't really, I don't know, they didn't really 100% market it as one, but that's probably what it is. <laughs> okay. But this is the first issue of that. And essentially, it just kind of drops us into this world. Uh, there's this voiceover going on in the first couple of pages that we're looking at the art is of Robbie. Uh, what's his last name? Is it Robbie Reyes? Reyes? Robbie Reyes, yeah, the the new Ghost Rider, the one in the car, <laughs> <laughs> the one that's in uh, Agents of Shield. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it shows him, and you kind of assume that the voiceover is coming from him. Okay, totally. But then he rides by a guy on his bicycle, 
who is like got a hood and he's got a backpack and everything. And it turns out that the voiceover is Blade. Okay. And we find out that through the course of this book that in this world, this isn't the world that Blade knows. So this is a world where the Avengers never happened. Basically, sort of like the key players of the Avengers, they, they're never, they're either they never got their powers or a pivotal life event in their life never happened and they never, the Avengers never formed. And instead we have the Squadron Supreme. Okay. Um, if you don't know who the Squadron Supreme is, they were, a, they were a team that was Marvel basically created to be a spoof of the Justice League. <laughs> but uh, Jason Aaron has been kind of building them up in the background in his Avengers run to where um, Phil Coulson is sort of putting them in place as like America's super team because the Avengers at this point have taken on more of a, like a world protecting role. Okay. And so the Avengers isn't an American team. Like it's, it's sponsored by Wakanda now that the, the Avengers okay. are. Um, but we, in Jason Aaron's Avengers run run, we've learned that this, this version of Phil Coulson is actually Mephisto in disguise. So Mephisto has done something here to change the world to where the Avengers never happened. And the Squadron Supreme is in their place. Um, I love sort of like Elseworld side universe stories like this where things are different and it's fun to just see what's different. Um, in this, in this, like for instance, in this universe, Hyperion is sort of like the main superhero. Okay. And Doctor Doom is his arch nemesis. And in this opening sort of like cold open action sequence, Doctor Doom is like, you've taken my country from me and now I'm here to take your country from you. And I've 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 got this new power. I've got the gem of Sidorak. <laughs> and he's uh he calls himself uh Doctor Juggernaut. <laughs> That's kinda awesome. <laughs> it's and it's, it's a cool picture. And it's a, yeah. yeah, it's a it's Juggernaut with, with like the color palette and armor of Doctor Doom. That's awesome. I don't know why first Juggernaut. appearance of Doctor Juggernaut guys. There you go. Yeah, first appearance. First appearance. First appearance of Doctor Juggernaut. Uh, Juggernaut's always been one of my, one of my favorites. So oh, the Juggernaut in Deadpool two. <laughs> another uh, another sort of cool like villain mashup in this is the uh, the Black Skull, which is the Red Skull with the Venom, Venom symbiote. Oh, cool. <laughs> which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Basically, over the course of this, it's kind of just laying the groundwork for what this event is going to be. Okay. Kind of showing you each member of the Squadron Supreme and then uh, Blade kind of explaining why, like, how things are different. Like, uh... Go back one. You skipped over Thanos, dude. <laughs> Chad's a Thanos guy. I'm all oh, way. Yeah, yeah. Th- Thanos is in this book. Uh, Weird. <laughs> first appearance of Dr. Juggernaut and Thanos. Am I going to have to pick that up? Yeah, and uh, I don't, I don't see many differences in the Thanos character. Um, apparently, in this universe, the it's Infinity Rings instead of Infinity Gems. Okay. So that's, Mandarin. So that's yeah. the only difference, I guess. Um, but anyway, Blade is talking about how, like, you know, Tony Stark never went through the incidents where he he never took the shrapnel of the heart, okay. so he never became Iron Man. Uh. Carol Danvers is just an Air Force pilot with, with a penchant for not following orders. So she's never been a captain. Yeah, she never, she's never even made the rank of captain. Okay. 
um, Thor got sent. Thor got sent to Earth to learn the lesson by Odin from Odin, but never learned it. He, he still just has it away. He still hasn't found Mjolnir. Okay. Yeah. He's, He's not even just, trying. He doesn't care. Yeah. He's like whatever. I'm drinking their like, beer. And... Yeah. Blade finds him like drinking is drinking himself silly. Um, and then what was the? But anyway, it's I don't want to ruin the whole thing for you, but it's. It's just a. It's just this book is just laying the groundwork for what I think can be could be a very interesting story, and you. Th- I love the bait and switch that you think Robbie is going to be like the lens through which we see this whole thing, but it ends up being Blade, who is a character that is not. He's not your. He's not your traditional Avenger. He, right, yeah. you know, you don't think <laughs> you don't think Blade, and you think the Avengers, which is. But he was recently in the Avengers. Yeah, he's been in he's been yeah. like a card carrying Avengers member. Did you notice recently. that alternate cover? With um, him on the front cover? Yeah, yeah. Do you see what his title is? It said Super Supervillain. Right? Yeah. For Blade? For Blade, yeah. Mm. So so it was what's what's um in ninety two they had these cards. Yeah. And they're made to look just like those cards where it has a picture of the character the and the oh, yeah. supervillain or hero. It even has the like, it even has that like nineties like design aesthetic oh, to absolutely. it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. It's getting beer all over, man. <laughs> these these are comic books. These are valuable. Stop. Got it on I the... just opened it like a normal person opens a beer. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why. I, I, sh- I shook it up on him. I shook <laughs> it up on him. <laughs> ah, you're an animal. <laughs> but some stuff happens in like the last few pages of this book that are that are surprising and fun, and I'm excited to see where this goes. Okay. I think it's a great first issue. Um, Jason Aaron, in my opinion, has always done a really good job of building a story over time, and then when you get to the culmination of it, it's it's exciting and fun, and you and you you want to be along for the ride. Yeah. But I'm excited to see how, like, how does a guy like Blade, who isn't exactly a team player, how does he bring the Avengers back together to fix this, to fix this world, basically? There's somebody else, right, at the end, who kind of has an idea that this isn't right? Yeah, well, I, the, the implication is that one of, is that the, the, the Squadron Supreme is in on it somehow. Like, they know that this world is a lie, and... Blaze just like I wanted you. To, I just wanted to look into the eye of somebody else who, who knows that this is who understands. Yeah, he has a plan too. Yeah, yeah, he, he has a he plan. He thinks that he can fix it by getting someone back into the play. Yeah, and I don't want to ruin what that is because I want We're people to come in and read this book. Yeah, but uh, it's great though. Yeah, it's it's a cool it's a cool first issue to an event, and I really. I really think a lot of people would be served by coming in and picking it up. Interesting. Cool. So you're it's gonna an Elseworld read... kind of thing, or yeah. is it though? It feels like an Elseworld book. That's what I like about it. Yeah, um, I am definitely reading the whole thing. Okay. It's a it's a Jason Aaron book. I'm reading it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> how can you how can you go wrong? I've read literally every single every single thing he's written since uh, since Wolverine and the X Men. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. And I th- and Thor started sort of in the middle of that run when he was when he started his Thor run. So that Thor run was amazing. Yeah, yeah. His Thor run's awesome. Um, I just you know I'm a big fan Thor of his. Runs. And of course, I'm Thor runs. Yeah, Thor runs. <laughs> but yeah, I'll definitely be reading this, and I'll definitely be reading Good Asian. <laughs> awesome. 
Yeah, I might have to. I don't know. I'm trying to cut back on books, so I don't know if I'm going to pick them up, but they both sound great. You should. But speaking of Thor, what'd you read? Speaking of Thor, I read... uh, Neither of these came out this week. uh, Two came out last week. Two came out last week, and... You know, we haven't been podcasting for two months, so whatever. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so I picked up Beta Ray Bill, uh, number one and number two, and I I think I chose poorly with my variant edition. We were having oh, a conversation. I, when oh, Samantha told me that you wanted that one, I yeah. was like... I, I was like super busy se- at work. I was like, has he seen it though? <laughs> I was super busy at work and uh, like all this, like everything was on fire. And I knew that you guys were trying to help me out by like taking a picture and waiting for me to respond. And I was like, this is going to take me forever. This one's fine. And then I like, after I got home and I looked through him, I was like, damn it. So, <laughs> so uh, I hate to do put we this guy on blast, more, but do we not have any more number ones? I think we do. I didn't see any. It's the knock head <laughs> variant. And, you know, yeah. um, there's a ton of these. Like, every yeah, single comic like basically has one. Had one um, it's like this dis- disembodied head floating in space. Yeah. And, I mean, they're all like that. And there's there's nothing dynamic going on. It's just a close-in Just a close-up of Beta Ray Bill's head. And when, I think that's why, like, just scanning, I was like, I like his face, so. When the, the, <laughs> the powers that be at Marvel decide, hey, we're going to make sure that this guy does a cover for every single book <laughs> for everything you know like um, I'm sure the guy's the, a the perfectly skills there, good don't get me wrong I'm sure the guy's right, a perfectly right, good right. artist it's just the choice for these variant covers right it's just like what's with the disembodied close up like yeah. his right. whole his whole head doesn't even fit on it yeah his like, whole face isn't even on the thing like, and uh, that's even one of the better right. ones there's the, been others it's cause it's Beta Ray Bill yeah um, but so the interiors, yeah, interior. Uh, so we've got Daniel Warren Johnson is the writer and the artist, uh, which is really cool. Um, and then you got Mike Spicer as the color artist. VCs Joe Sabino with Daniel Daniel Warren Johnson doing lettering as well. Oh, so Daniel Warren Johnson kind of what really? Yeah, he's done the lettering he, too. He did some of the lettering as Jeez. well. Where do you find the time? <laughs> You you bank up the issues and then release them. Yeah. Start releasing them once you have them all done. And this I is mean, this yeah, is a five issue we'll five issue miniseries, all about Beta Ray Bill, um, and he's he's one of my favorite characters. Like when you really, when you read a bunch of Beta Ray Bill stuff, he's always just doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Yep. Um, he's just a genuinely good guy, and he doesn't have the the arrogance that Thor does. Right, yeah. yeah. He's he's the better Thor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to argue at all. But right. Um, but if you don't know much about him, he's he's got this like horse skull head. Um, but that's only a form that he that he takes. Um, I so love Beta Ray Bill, but trying to explain what and who Beta Ray Bill right. is to a non-comic person it's so is hard. like I feel so stupid. Cuz that's not his <laughs> that's not his True form. His yeah, true right. form is more humanoid. He's a humanoid, yeah. But he's uh, from a different um, galaxy. Not universe, but galaxy. Yeah. And a different planet, obviously. Uh, but he only changed into the horse thing because of Odin. Mm-hmm. Like whatever Odin's spell was It's the spell on. of Stormbreaker. Right. Yeah. Um, and so in this issue, he's, he's kind of back. He's back in Asgard hanging out. 
Um, and this is what really sealed the deal for me because I'm a, I don't know, I'm a sap, whatever you want to call it. But Nothing him and, wrong with that. What's that? Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> right on. Feel your feelings, Chad. I feel my feelings. <laughs> but I think that's why I like him so much because he, he's super genuine. And, yeah. Um, and so him and... So, I mean, it opens up with this amazing fight with Fin Fang Foom. Yeah. I mean, it's Dump, not just uh, Fin Fang Foom. Right, it's a nullified he, Fin Fang Foom. Exactly. A double-page spread of a nullified Fin Fang like, Foom. It's amazing. <laughs> I get so excited when I see Fin Fang Foom. We've talked about it on this podcast before. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, Fin Fang Foom. So, and then the next page, he's gone again. You're like, he's so dumb. Fin Fang Foom is so dumb, but I love it. Yeah. Like he bit this guy in half. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's this big battle. Um, you know, Beta Ray Bill, he kind of gets kind of gets beat up a little bit. And Thor comes in to save the day. And so... I, I should should say going into this that yeah, there's recently some back stuff you need to understand about it. Yeah. Recently Thor and Beta Ray Bill had an altercation. Yep. In the Donnie fight. In the Donnie Cates Thor run. And uh and Thor's an asshole. Thor's an asshole, but Thor also had like a job he was doing and Beta Ray Bill was getting in the way, didn't understand. You know, you're your normal your normal uh, misunderstanding because you mis- just misunderstanding talk between not super- because mis- the story needs to happen. Yeah, yeah, misunderstanding between two superheroes just so we can get a few pages of them punching each other. Right. Um, in that fight, Thor broke Stormbreaker. Right. Uh, Beta Ray Bill's hammer, and that's that's important because Stormbreaker is how he changes back to his more humanoid form, more humanoid face. Right. That's the whole point of the storyline. Right. That he can't. And so now he can't turn back. Mm-hmm. And he's got this this horse head, which I think is really cool looking, personally. Right, but he's um, dating Lady Sif. Right, and I'll and get there. she's not I'll down with the there, horse. I'll get there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, so they've got this big battle. Thor comes in and kind of saves the day. Um, and I think that's kind of what sets Beta Ray Bill's mood off, is everybody's celebrating. Thor's doing his thing with drinking and women and you know victory for the battle right yeah and he's just kind of frustrated in the corner um and that's when sif comes up and you know lady sif and him have this relationship going on and hey you want to get out of here yeah (laughs) stuff gets pretty hot um and this is where it really hits you because they kind of slow down a little bit because I guess generally speaking, he'll transfer back into his humanoid form and he like, he's looking straight in the mirror and he's just like, I'm not blind. And he leaves and she's like, you know, she feels really bad. Um, cause they genuinely care about each other, but a horse skull as a face is a little difficult, I guess. And, and who knows what else yeah. is different. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> Um, I love the way that Danny Warren Johnson draws him too. Right. Where he is just a metric ton of just solid, just solid, solid bulging muscle. Um, but yeah, that's her, that's her question is she's like, don't you change back at night? And it's more night. And he's just like, I can't anymore because I don't have Stormbreaker. And then he's like, I'm not blind. I'll see you later. It's very sad. Um, totally it's like heartbreaking yeah it is and so he flashes back to when he first became he's a his his race of people is called the Corbinites. so you kind of flash back to when he was a kid and he became like the chosen one and all this sort of stuff 
And him, him and Thor still aren't getting along, right? It's because Thor's an asshole. Thor, well, things yeah. are things are awkward, right? Yeah, like he. <laughs> well, Thor shows up and wipes the floor with Fin Fang Foom, right? Like it's super easy, barely an inconvenience, and and Bitty Ray Bill's like, yeah, I could have done that. But it's it like turns out I don't have my weapon. Right. You know, like, like you broke my yeah, hammer you, and he, you come he down. He threw him a bone by making him the protector of Asgard, but he didn't give him the, the right tools to do it. Right. So Thor has to show up and do it anyways. And that makes Bay Ray Bill look poor and it makes Thor look like the dick that he is. You know, like uh, I have issues with Thor because of this. Right. Um, did you guys notice he's watching Hook? On the TV. Oh, is it Hook? I, I was trying I to figure it out, but awesome. I yeah, because like in the that beginning, film. it shows there's a TV on uh, on his ship, on the... his ship, right here. Mm-hmm. Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. See, I didn't. I See, tried to figure out what the reference was. I didn't I notice that because I tend to skip over that kind of stuff. Oh, I love that stuff. Like when they're like singing a song or something, I tend to skip over that sort of thing. <laughs> I I've noticed that I was thinking about this last night. For the last few, several decades, the, the songs they were singing were songs I knew, you know, that were yeah. like, important to my generation. Now I'm like, I don't recognize this. I don't know so what the hell this is. I have no yeah. idea. Um, so in the second issue, um, Beta Ray Bill and... Uh, in the it, So in that first issue, he's leaving Asgard again because he's just frustrated with Thor. Well, he, he, he decides on a, on, a, on a quest. Right. Yeah. To go, to go get essentially get his weapon back but he, he's going to find odin to be like bro you made it once before you did this to me fix it um and one of the things i love is pip the troll is hanging out with him and just kind of it, it comes out at a point where that that double page spread that you just flipped past yeah the, his the ship. cross section of his ship it's super cool i sat there and looked at that for like 10 minutes right there is tons of little cool Easter eggs all over that. All now, those comic books down here. I was yeah. trying to figure something out, though. Yeah. There's all these people here, right? That's what I was trying to figure is out, Is that too. just him in different rooms? I think it's like he, there's like a crew or something. See, I was confused I, because sure. he's like, wait, there's somebody alive in one part of the ship. And so the, one on of page before, they talk about One of the it. rooms is Daniel Warren Johnson sitting there and drawing. Yeah, that oh, really? right there. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah I think this it's is just, a super cool. Yeah. And then that ship has been his companion forever and has grown and changed. Yep. Yeah. Scuttlebutt. Scuttlebutt, yeah. It's a weird name. I uh, like it, though. But so Pip, Pip wanted to hang out with him. He's been following him around. And, and Scourge. It comes out that like... As as they're talking about what he looks like as that horse head thing, Pip is like, "Bro, I'm with you. I'm a literal troll, and that's <laughs> what they talk about as being completely ugly." Right. Um, and Scourge is hanging out with him. He's just like, "They don't have guns in Valhalla. Yeah. <laughs> like it is not heaven. It's like <laughs> I was a- in Valhalla, and it's boring, <laughs> right? <laughs> so <laughs> I want to come hang out with you." And we can go on an adventure. And I love it. He's like, I, I will be your wingman. That's what humans call it, right? So he's just he's just there to... Scourge is super cool in this comic. Oh, he's so cool. He just wants this bar fight that they get into. Scourge just doesn't take it. Somebody's, somebody's pointing at Beta Ray Bill and screaming at him because some girl got scared of what he looked like he's like you're trying to mess with my woman and so, Scourge is just like <laughs> and then in, in this scene where they're in the bar 
I love what Beta Ray Bill is wearing. He's wearing like a tight muscle shirt yeah. and like a and like a trucker cap. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool, man. And so they just yeah, they just have this big bar fight. And Daniel Warren Johnson has this dynamic style of how he does action. Yeah. Like every punch looks like it it's moving a million miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Right, like dents in a face. Yeah. It's so. Like it's, it's like kind of blurry. Like yeah, no one, no one really does thing does. No one really draws the way he does, and it's, no, it's unique. Yeah, I love Odin there with his giant beard and his his keg. Yeah, keg beard. Yeah. He's just like, hey, I'm Odin. So they that's that's why they're at the bar. They found found Odin, and essentially, <laughs> he's just, here's the thing though. Odin's like hiding, right? And they like found him immediately. It's only a five issues story. So. I know, but okay. <laughs> well, didn't they ask? They had a lead, right? They had a lead as to where he was, because um, Jane, because so. Jane Foster found him in the Valkyrie book. Well, he's not doing well, yeah, a so really good job, is he? Well, I don't know that he's really trying to hide. He's just, I'm. He's, he's in, pulling a Wolverine and just hanging out in the bar to be. He's alone. in retirement. Yeah, and right. Odin's idea of retirement is to brew his own beer in the back of a bar. <laughs> right. Totally. You know? <laughs> Isn't that everybody's? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> um, yeah, so he uh, essentially, Beta, Beta Ray Bill, is, he's just like, I need a hammer, man. He's like, you're, you're going to do this for me. Um, but there's an issue with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the issue? He doesn't have... He doesn't have the ability to anymore. He doesn't Odin have that the magic anymore. anymore. And not only that, but the hammer wasn't... I mean, the hammer was the mechanism right. for the magic, but the magic was the magic. It, right. it could be it could be a, a, a Smurf figure. Yeah, could that be a he, pencil. Like, slams on the ground. And, and that's the thing is, Odin is not the All Father anymore. He doesn't yeah. have the magic. He can't right. do it. So he sends him to get. Was it Twilight the blade? Yeah, the Surtur yeah. sword. So, yeah, and that's essentially, from what I understand, in just reading this issue, that's the guy who destroyed his home world. It's Ragnarok. He's yeah. the, the bringer of Ragnarok. Right. Um, Wasn't so there an pretty... android Thor called Ragnarok? Ragnarok too? Yeah, that was in the Civil War. In Civil story. War yeah. run? He's the one who killed Goliath. Because right? uh, Thor was dead at the time. And so Reed Richards and Hank Pym built a... Like, cyborg you think Hank clone? Pym would learn his lesson after training I know. Ultron? Oh my god! Like, <laughs> I think other people should learn a lesson. Like, no, 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 don't build that. I appreciate the offer, but no, no, no. Those of you don't don't know, the movies got the comics different, and so oh, yeah, Hank Pym, uh, Ant Man slash Giant Man, is the guy who makes Ultron. <laughs> right. Hank, yeah, yeah. Hank Pym has a lot of Hank Pym makes a lot of mistakes. Oh yeah, so much that they kind of have written him out of the books. Well, they've written okay. him in well, that they, he will only be a villain at this point. Right. Yeah. They, they've they talked about how the whole, when they had him hit Janet. Right, that, right. That, like, it, it instantly turned the whole fan base against him. Right. And it ruined the character. Yeah, no, absolutely. They were just trying to make, like, an interesting dynamic story, and then nope. and they accidentally ruined the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have that issue autographed by... Uh, by your writer. abusive father. Michael Douglas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Douglas. Um, what was his name? The writer of that issue. Well, I can't remember. No, no it's... Chris Cla- not Claremont. It's not Claremont. Whoever was writing Avengers he was. He was, the, he was the head of Marvel Mark for a Wade. little bit, wasn't he? Was it Jim Shooter? Shooter, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll tell that story in a minute. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's essentially going into, what is it, Nephilim? Yeah, to get that sword, and it's going to be 
going to be an adventure. Well, it's um, basically hell. Yeah, it's yes, like a exactly. worst version of hell. It's like where all the fire demons live. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just think it's going to be an interesting story, and I hope, I hope by the end of it, because I'm a sap, I hope that him and Sif get together. But I kind of hope she gets over the she gets over the horse right. face. Yeah, that's definitely something that we should all be hoping for. Right. I th- and I think it'll, I think that's I think it'll happen. Yeah, guys, let's all just get over each other's horse faces. All right. <laughs> I, have, I have a ugly horse face. Can we just can we all can we just have horse faces and it'd be all right? So, Normalize horse faces. I, I mean the 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 thing <laughs> about it. I mean face. the thing about it that they're that they are touching on is just self body image, and it's it's interesting because I don't have the best. I don't have the best body and I don't have the best self image of my body. Um, word. And so it's pretty sexy, but okay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, and so I think it's important because I don't think that that's talked enough, talked about enough from a male perspective. We all know that women have that issue and that's been going on for generations and it's bullshit. Look at the comics we read. I mean, like these guys are in spandex and they're ripped eight packs, you know, like, and all the women are, you know, the, the broken spine syndrome with the best butt and the biggest boobs, like, perfect. Right. And, we, yeah. you know, as kids, we were kind of, like, led to believe, hey, this is the perfect form. Yeah, this is what you're supposed to be getting. Right. You know. So it's definitely the cosmopolitan thing where the women, you know, they're like, hey, you're supposed to be as thin as a paper and all this yeah. stuff. So We experience it, too, just not to the level that women do. Correct. Yep, exactly. Um, but, but it's I also just... dangerous to be overweight. <laughs> you know? What's that? It's dangerous to be overweight. Jeez, yeah. Chris, just lay off. I'm trying, all right? <laughs> um, <laughs> if I were skinny, maybe that would make sense, but uh, since I am not. <laughs> but that's that's why I'm rooting for, for Beta Ray Bill, because uh, I think he's a genuinely good character, good person, or good Corbinite. Mm-hmm. Um, still a person. Hey, Corbinites are people, too. Human. They're right. people, too. Um, and I, I like his horse face. I think he's adorable. So I... I I, I, I'm really eat? interested to see where this storyline goes because you want those fights. The bar fight with Scourge is awesome. It was hilarious and mm-hmm. super cool. But I, I love that. I I think they're going to have that. It's a toned down Three Stooges kind of thing with those guys. That, yeah, Pip that's and what's going Scourge on. Scourge and, and Bader Bill. And I think it's very cool. Yeah. It's yeah. a road trip story too, you know? It's, oh, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just the space it's, road trip. It's a buddy, right, exactly. Yeah, buddy, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I've I haven't heard your opinion yet, but I mean, I love the book. I love it. It's yeah. one that I'm telling everybody about. It's I, the best that Marvel's got right now, in my opinion. I put yeah. myself on the card after the first issue because yep. I knew I was like, okay, I'm gonna love this. And it's five issues. It does tie in with the Thor book where they got into that fight and and Stormbreaker was broken, so it does tie together to other stuff. But it is only five issues, and you move on, and Beta Ray Bill will be in something. Else. That's something else that's weird that the movies did was. Beta Ray Bill doesn't get this hammer, you know. Thor gets this hammer. Yeah, and and it's weird. Yeah. He might he might get it. I don't know. In the next movie, we'll see. I, I was surprised that in Endgame, they like when he takes Molnir when he's talking to his mom right before she passes away. Mm-hmm. What was other Thor doing? Like whatever he's doing in Dark World. Right, but time. he's like, hey, where'd my hammer go? Wouldn't he be like looking for <laughs> it? <laughs> he's like, I lost my hammer. <laughs> Well, I, I know that they returned it immediately via the time travel thing. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's what Cap had to like put it back right where. It how did they put the the ether back into Jane Foster's blood vine? I mean, 
Questions we don't want answers to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess because there isn't Cat, an answer. Captain There's not America. a good answer. There's Captain no way to answer. America's that. like, look, it's gonna be really awkward. <laughs> this is gonna be. But I got this thing that was killing you out of you, and to not <laughs> destroy the timeline, I have to put it back. Welcome to death got again. Us. It's like I'm super sorry, but don't worry. You think about Thor's it. just walking Some... around all upset that he's lost Mjolnir? He's like, where did it go? <laughs> like, what is Odin doing to me this time? Am I not worthy again? Like, you know, I don't. Oh, that's that's a huge hole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they'll answer in the location. I don't show. know if it's a hole. It's it's just a funny thing to talk about. <laughs> it is funny, but Stormbreaker is Bill's uh, hammer, Real man. talk, though, that scene where Thor's in Endgame, where Thor's talking to his mom, and she oh, and brutal. she gives him that dev- the, all the you know the advice that 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 spur to like where it's his character turnaround for the movie. That scene makes me cry every time. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's brutal because <laughs> it's amazing. You know, imagine my mom passed away. I couldn't imagine like having. Well, and then what she tells him, conversation with her, you know? what she tells him in that scene is like, we all we're all we all suck at being who we're supposed to be. It's how we be who we are that that defines us. And I, it's just a message that yeah, let's move on <laughs> that gets to me. <laughs> So um, so I'm on board for all five issues. Can't wait. Hopefully I find another variant than the one I got. Uh, so what all, what <laughs> we did can, we... We can get you better cover. Sweet. I'm pretty sure we have, I'm pretty sure we have more ones back there. All right. Yeah. Um, so what did we all read this week? We all read War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha. It's a Star Wars book. Alpha. <laughs> it doesn't... Prelude. It doesn't say number one. It says Alpha. <laughs> and there's a reason for that. Yes. Is this Alpha is... Flight in it? No. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Al- Star Wars book. Alpha Flight is in the Star Wars book. I mean, they They're could. Like, We're from Canada, and Boba Fett's like, what's that? <laughs> Do you like my Boba Fett voice? I mean, mm, uh, I felt like you were going for Batman. <laughs> it came out a little more Batman than I was, <laughs> I was trying to. <laughs> I didn't, And I didn't quite put it quite enough Kiwi in there, because I feel like they've been giving... Like he has like a Kiwi accent now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We find out that Boba Fett's grandmother's name is Martha. That's why. We, so that's why they kill him with that kryptonite spear. Before we dive into this, okay. I also oh, want to talk about. So I watched Bad Batch last night, and I'm not going to ruin anything. I'll kill you. But everybody in that show has a has a Kiwi accent. Like they're all from New Zealand, and part of that is because they're clones. Yeah, because the guy who plays Jango Fett. Who is the this ba- the template for the clones? He he's he's from Dang New it. Zealand. Yeah, and so now it's like we've got all of these characters. The clones all have the same voice, which good for D. Bradley Baker for scoring that. Yeah, wow, because that guy's gonna work until he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm like, it, it's just this trend in in like putting st- st- like new Star Wars characters just having that Kiwi accent. <laughs> Well, and I don't have a problem with it because I love listening to it. Right. But it's just it just was funny to me because there's a new character in that in that show and and they have a a very strong Kiwi accent. Like it is. <laughs> it's not just the Wonder Woman thing where Gal Gadot doesn't have the ability to not speak her own. Yeah, to not sound Israeli. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I guess this is what all the all the women sound from, like that now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the mascara is. It all sounds nice vaguely Israel. Mediterranean. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're all really white. Well, Gal Gadot is not, but say hey, whatever. 
But anyway, um, this book, War of the Bounty Hunters Alpha, uh, written by Charles Sewell, <laughs> who is everywhere. Like, yeah. guy, yeah. I don't know how the guy has enough time to write Star Wars novels, basically every Star Wars comic, you know. All He's the not other. doing Spider-Man anymore, though, right? Uh, no. He was doing Daredevil, I think that's what okay. I'm thinking of. Okay. Because Chip Zdarsky's doing that now. Um, yes, yes. But he was, writing, well. he was writing Daredevil, and I thought his Daredevil run was really good. Um, but it's drawn by Steve McNiven. Woohoo! I love McNiven, and he kills in this book. Yeah. Um, he was, we were talking about this a little earlier today, Chris, but Steve McNiven was the artist on Civil War, which was like the first sort of like big thing that kind of got me into reading comics. Yeah. Which I know makes me sound young, and that's fine. But, but you're just young in the comic world. Yeah. The, uh, the first page of this. Yeah. It opens up with the Slave One. The Slave One. Yeah. Like, oh, flying through space. And mm-hmm. so I, I opened this book, and immediately I was like, oh, I'm on board. You're like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> in. And then this overhead shot, this excellent overhead shot of Boba Fett. Yeah. With standing next to a Carbonite Han. I don't yeah. know why that ship is so awesome. Cool. Yeah. But it is. Yeah. We have one for sale here at the shop. Actually, we have several. I was going to say, we have several, don't I we? Have, <laughs> I have the old, old original one. That's awesome. Yeah. I've got a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, many, how many of them do you have? How many Chris? slave ones or yeah. how many vintage ones? How many vintage ones? We'll just say uh, that. I've got um, three, I think, maybe four. So there's, I do have a I micro expected, collection one. I'm not going to lie. I expected that number to be larger. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. There's not that many variations of it. Okay. Um, there's there's the, you know, the regular one, Empire box. Yeah. And then there's there's not a Jedi box. I just so, expected you to have like one in box, one loose, one that you've got for like parts, and then. I mean, that's not wrong. All of that <laughs> is true. <laughs> it's uh, like you only need three or four of them for that. I've got a regular American box. I've got a Spain box, Destoils, and then I've got a uh, Palatoy box as well. Interesting. And then there's a um, a micro collection one that I have as well. So so I've got four vintage ones that are you know boxed and or. You know, ready to go. Mine are gotcha. all loose, played with, broken. Like I've got one of those too. Yeah, and then I've got you know the power of the force green box. I've got the, that's what that one is. Yeah, there. I so had you, all those, but I I got rid of all those. A there's while a Shadows ago. of the Empire one as yeah. well. That I have yeah, I had all boxed those. one of those. They're the same inside, but the box is different. So, do you like them played with and stuff because that makes you feel like like you did when you had them as a kid, like. I've played the crap out of these, mm-hmm. and and that's what like, connects you to your childhood. Yeah, part of it is that, because that's what connects me to the childhood thing. That way I can pick them up without feeling like, oh, I need to white glove this box because yeah, it's going it. to get dented or yeah, my yeah, oils. For, sure. and I, I, for a long time, <laughs> that's oils, how most of my stuff was. Those oils causing dents all the time. <laughs> um, and I just, it's stressful, and it. I didn't like it. Okay. And so, so it's, it changed a, how I collected. And it's I, a stress-free style of collecting. Right. So I get to look at it, not just look at the box. Right. 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 It's like the same, it's a similar thing, like like I got that ASM 42, it mm-hmm. was the first Mary Jane. I I got it from here, and the thing was just, it was wrecked. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. You know, I, you know, I, I didn't pay very much for it's it. It's a placeholder. Yeah. Until you get yeah. a 9.8. But I got it graded because I don't want to deal with the trouble of of uh, 
of maybe damaging it more. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I just got it graded because I was like, if I want to read this, I just get Marvel Unlimited. Right. I'll, <laughs> I'll get just something read else. It. I'll, I'll just read it. There. Absolutely. But and I just don't want this thing to get damaged anymore. It, it took away the stress of that book getting more. Yeah. When I first started CGC in my comics, I was doing, you know, I have two copies of Spawn number one. I really had like five. But you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I have several copies of this, so I'm going to send them all in, get them graded, p- keep the best one, and I'll just get rid of the other ones. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And, and so that's how I started. But now, like my 180, 181, and 182, I just got them graded one piece of mind. Okay. This is encapsulated. It's gonna be fine. There's nothing right. I can really do to this yeah. that's gonna ruin it. And then two, I just I was curious to see what would this grade, you know? Yeah. Um the reason that I wanted to make sure that I get it put in something that will keep it safe is I had that I have that black error venom lethal protector number one. And I didn't realize really what I had ten years ago and I stacked a bunch of comics on top of the oh. the Marvel V box and it crushed that book just a little bit so that it like made a little wave in it or something. Well, because it's the foil cover, it Uh-oh. it the foil is separating from the rest of the foil where the crack the crack oh, went. Wow. And so when I sent that in to get graded, it came back at an eight point five. Right. But I mean the book looks perfect otherwise. So if I hadn't if I had taken care of that comic prior to that, it'd be a much more valuable comic, even though I'm not selling it. Right. You know, you can be like, "Hey, still, if, still having the collect as the collector's mindset, though, is you want the highest." Well, also, if the fit hits have. the sham, um, right. and I need some quick cash, yeah, that's one of the books I'll sell. Right. I mean, it's cool to have. There's don't get me wrong, but I mean, I, I don't like need to have this one. Right. I love that I have it. I'm. I've got all but the white whale. Yeah. As far as those Venom number one covers, so I'm excited to have it as a collector, but. You know, I'll sell that book a thousand times before I'll sell my Hulk 181 right. because that has a story, that has meaning, that's something important. That Venom book, that was randomly in a collection I bought. So I just came upon it. It was luck. So you know, I that's why I do a lot of the grading I do now. Yeah, it's not. I'm not selling this stuff. Yeah, it's just a protect. I did it. grade that that uh, amazing 50 first Kingpin. Okay. And then I recently got a better copy. Okay. And so I was able to sell that one for a ton of money. Because I got it graded. Right. You know? Yeah. When you have it graded, you don't have to sit and haggle about stuff. It's just right. like this. This is, is a 4.5. It is. it's worth $650. Take it or leave it. And right. that's what happened. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Would you like to know what that Amazing Spider-Man ended up getting? What do you mean? The Amazing Spider-Man I got graded, the 42. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got a 3.0. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is better than I was expecting. I mean, <laughs> was the, so the, the cover was intact then, huh? Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay. It was... The the what really made me end up sending it in was I, I uh, I was just worried about the cover uh, the cover coming off. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, absolutely. Because it was on its way, and I was like, I'm gonna I'm just gonna get this slab so that it doesn't. <laughs> when I got that uh, Fantastic Four forty eight, that thing is roached. I mean, like really bad. And I was afraid to touch the damn thing. And if I I pulled it out. When I would put it back in, I'd lose a piece of that right. comic book. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my God, i got to get this graded as fast as yeah. possible. Yeah. Because, holy shit, it's going to disappear soon, you know? And that's you know, that's one of those things where you just I, – I, I didn't even press it myself. I had it professionally pressed and cleaned because I was scared to destroy it, you know? Yeah. It's just how it goes sometimes. Well, I guess I meant to – I haven't told you this. I actually got a CGC membership because oh. 
I've sent enough stuff in now to where I think it justifies the the yearly. I'm I'm on thing, but I think I'm letting mine lapse because I want to see the fallout of the CGC thing. You know, are you familiar with what's going on in CGC? No. As of the 28th, they raised their prices. I saw that because they hired 70 more people because they're so busy. So I am gonna let my membership lapse, and okay. I'm just gonna wait because I have a feeling that CBCS is going to snag some market share. Yes, you they're going to so? take some market share, and I think that CBCS is going to go up in value, and and it's going to normalize. You know, just like Marvel leaving Diamond here, right? Like these things are going to normalize the market. Yeah, CBCS and right now will, maybe it's a pain in the ass, but because yeah. it's because they do have competition. It's not like a Diamond thing where they're like, well, what are you going to do? Go somewhere else? Right. Right. Exactly. Like. There is competition for that in that market. And isn't so. CBCS started by one of the guys that started yes, CGC? Yes, they, yeah. they defected. And it's got Beckett. Right. Like, they've oh, got dang. money behind so, them. Yeah. Yeah. They should be equivalent. I agree. And yeah. honestly, if you talk to a lot of people, a lot of professionals in the industry, CBCS is a little bit harder, harsher. They're On like, their grades? Yeah, they're a better grading system. Yeah. And they did just add yellow verification labels to their signature series to verify like if they're not there to witness it if they are there to witness it now they have yellow labels oh okay. which was kind of like the thing that that's what said c cgc had apart. yeah and they're like we're only authenticated if we're there watching it i've done that for them right like, right so now cbcs has both the yellow label okay and they've always had that red label and and the red label um is okay this got signed by bob kane in 1942 right which you know nobody no was around one could at that authenticate time. like witnessing this exactly. Right? But we but can authenticate we've got the two signature. experts who look and know how. And there's a lot of ex- for somebody like Bob Kane. There's a lot of examples of his signature. He signed oh, yeah. a lot of stuff. Well, this is a perfect he was example. Very excited to tell everybody in the world that I'm he Bob Kane, and I screwed over my partner. Yeah. <laughs> Bill who now? Bill Finger? Who's, yeah, who's yeah, that? exactly. But I've I have a few books that are. I have a Spawn number one signed by Todd. I have an Amazing Spider-Man three hundred signed by Todd. They, I got them signed when I was like in the a teenager. Right. There's no way CGC did not exist at the time. So CGC is either going to step it up by you know doing this, or they're going to go out of business because they're assholes. <laughs> so moving right back into Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I hear you. So War of the Bounty Hunters, uh, written by Charles Sewell, illustrated by Steve McNiven. Colors by Laura Martin and letters by Travis Lanham. Uh, so, like we were saying, this is a this is sort of a prelude for this War of the Bounty Hunters storyline. Um, in this, Boba Fett is having trouble. He's just picked up the Han, like he's just picked up Han and Carbonite, and he's taking him to Jabba's palace. This is immediately post Empire. Yeah, yep. it's immediately post Empire. Which all he's this literally stuff is. on the, the whole phone. Star Wars. Run Marvel Star Wars right now takes place after Empire. Yeah, right. Um, so he is having problems where the carbonite freezing isn't stable, and uh, he takes it to a friend of his, and he's like, "Hey, <laughs> this is the first time they've tried it." Yeah. Right. This but is the first time it's I, ever been used on like a living subject. Right. I just I love the phone call. Like essentially, they're on a phone call. Who, who's that? Bib Fortuna. Yeah, he's talking to, and he's he's just all like, "So you you have the goods, right?" He's like, "Yeah, I've got them," and then it starts beeping. He's like, "I gotta go." He's like, "I'll call you back." What do you mean you gotta go? He's like, (laughs) "Call me back." What? (laughs) It's like, oh shit, this isn't gonna stabilize. You don't hang up on Bib Fortuna. (laughs) 
Job of the so, Hut takes that. No, so here's the thing, no, you, guys. You mind trick Bim, Bim Fortuna. Yeah, he's go. no Jedi. <laughs> so he's no Jedi. <laughs> so here's the thing that's really cool about this comic and everything that's really kind of going in Star Wars, but this comic specifically. This is loading the gun for the Boba Fett show. This will be, okay. you know, we're we're getting back matter that we may not get in the show, which they've been doing. Yeah, but we didn't know what happened to Boba Fett. You know, like, like as he was traveling to take it, right? So, even though this is pre Jedi, you know, you're getting a lot of stuff that's going on with Boba Fett that may lead into what the book of Boba Fett's going to be about. Right. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Anyway, so he goes to his buddy to be like, "Hey, can you fix this? Can you? Because I this is a big payday for me. I need it to. I need to get it. Also, if I if I screw up, Jabba the Hutt's going to kill me." <laughs> like I'll get I'll get every you know he'll send every Hutties yeah mafia member exactly so and his buddy's like hey so you don't have the money to pay me but you can pay me in another way he says I have a grudge against this kid this this like arena fighter and I need you to go kill this arena fighter but they're the number one champion in like on the planet right and. Like the only way you're gonna get close is if you just fight him in the well, arena. I love how he's like, "Look, you have to do it in the arena." He's like, "Why can't I just go kill the person? I'm a bounty hunter. I know how to do this. It's my job." He's like, "Eh, but if you do that, you're gonna have all these other people pissed off, and so you have to do it in the tournament." <laughs> and it's just yeah, like, like it's, it just shoehorns the tournament. And I'm oh, like, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, because it it makes sense because he's like, yeah. "You don't want every every person on this planet mad at you, right?" You to to not get everybody else on this planet mad at you. And you're Boba Fett. Yeah. You can you can get into an arena and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and to hide his identity... He, <laughs> I didn't understand this He part. spray paints his armor black. Because well, he's known by his armor, right? Right. So he's like, this armor's got, an, got a reputation. It's still the same armor, it's just black. Yeah. <laughs> the dent is in the same place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got... He still his, has his Wookiee braids. It's a pretty, it's a pretty thin excuse but to give it's us... It's almost like he took off glasses and put an S on his chest. <laughs> right. But my question it's is It's a pretty thin name. excuse to give us a new action figure. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> Absolutely. true. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but the name, he's like, okay, I gotta kind of be incognito. I'll go by... Django. Django, my father. The guy who's... A person who was well known to be my father. Right. And his face is literally all over the galaxy. <laughs> literally. Yeah. <laughs> On the thousands, On thousands of, other people. of other individuals. I was like, I don't know. So that's... If if this book has any negative has, marks for me, that's one of them. I, I absolutely have the same... That. Like, but what? the problem... He's a shout out to his dad, though, at the same time. The thing is, they don't dwell on it for long. Yeah. It literally just goes to the fight where he's just... When they announced him, I thought it was kind of interesting. Like, Django. It's this great joke. <laughs> yeah, There's the this joke. great joke where he's like, uh, where the announcer's like, wow, this guy just doesn't like heads, I guess. <laughs> he's like blowing he, their heads yeah. off, decapitating well, people. Well, if you remember, uh, Django was decapitated by Mace Windu. Right, yeah, yeah. So... And that's they, they show that, like, kind of in a flashback, him picking up the helmet. Now, the the disguise being somewhat dumb as it is... It's, it looks awesome. Oh, yeah. It does look for super sure. cool. It's just like the Spider-Man, <clears throat> like when he got his black suit. It was like, it's the same thing. It's just Spider-Man black. had a black suit? Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> when was that? Uh, speaking of Spider-Man, oh, the, uh, the champion he ends up fighting has very similar abilities to Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, it's a Spider-Woman <laughs> yeah. of sorts. It's, she uses her webs to throw him around. It even says thwip. It does say thwip. It does say thwip. 
<laughs> and I, I, that was not lost on me. Trust me. Uh, well, Good old um, Marvel. But the action in it's really cool. Um, you're never like lost in it. You always know exactly what's going on. Is that web coming out of her butt? No. It is coming out of her thorax. There you go. I think that's what that's called. The big, the, the big body the segment on the back. I think that's called a thorax, right? I think you're right, but it is now. I'm no uh, botanist. <laughs> <laughs> Zinga! Nice. And somebody just turned this podcast off. <laughs> They're like, percent <laughs> botanist. Fuck this. <laughs> Some dude you know is what? just like they're into the botany part. Thank goodness <laughs> I stuck Finally. around. Uh, Subscribe. <laughs> listen, if uh, if that was the part that made you turn this podcast off, maybe this it's podcast for isn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> but Bobo wins. Imagine that. What? And then no uh, <laughs> it's actually the kind of in in non triumphant form. He just like okay, he wins. Well, that's and that's hey, the traditional but form hey, for Boba Fett. So, hey, well, man, they got to like, move on to the story. I mean, but hey, man, W is a W. You know what I mean? That's right. <laughs> w is a W. W is a W. I do want to win like that, but I'm gonna go on to the next guy because W is a W. And he show he anyway he finishes the fight, and then something happens that is going to tee off the real meat of this of this. Basically, this is going to be a crossover between all of the ongoing Star Wars books. What's the next book? Um, it is called <laughs> War of the Bounty Hunters. No, no that's there's the, a checklist. Oh right, yeah. It uh, continues Star in Star Wars number thirteen. Um, Do you see how May late just into the year this is going? May just says War of the Bounty Hunters preludes. So I think everything coming out this month is just a prelude right. to it the main event. October, it goes through October. It goes all the way through October. Yeah, goes through and October. That, that, that's if everything is on schedule. Hey, IG-88 number one, though. That'll be cool. Yeah. They've oh, got sweet. They've got Boosh. Boosh? Oh, yeah. So we're going to get some Leia? Yeah. Uh, Boosh. Two H's. Forlom and Zuckus? Yep. So there's a weird little thing about Forlom and Zuckus. They're like the same dude, but they're not. And like in the toys, they were named incorrectly. Twinsies. Interesting. They have like the same B I face thing. Anyway, oh. um, Chris and I were talking about this book today, and I think we both really enjoyed it. Oh, absolutely! I mean, it's a lot come of on. fun. It's exactly what you want a Boba Fett book to be. He kicks a lot of ass. He makes some cool one-liners. He. Paints his armor black and it's dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's exactly what you want out of a out of a out of this book. Also, so, every single variant cover on this book is freaking awesome. It's an amazing Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got. The, I had Boba Fett orgasm after Boba Fett orgasm. <laughs> yeah, I did not. There wasn't a single variant cover I looked at where I was like, okay, yeah. that one's not great. Yeah. Yeah. I got the action figure one. It's great. Okay, yeah, black that one. action figure. Yeah. yeah. That's probably my least favorite. Okay. Just because you don't like those covers. I just am not crazy about those action figures. Yeah, I enjoyed them. I think they're cool. They're a little overdone. Yeah, I kind of wish they stopped. When they first came out, I was like, oh, cool. And then they were. That's a cool idea. They started. They just it's a cool idea. It's a cool idea to do this month. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Like almost like the the knock uh, head variants, <laughs> where you're like, just like, come on. And we're like guys. three years you, like, into started, doing all these action figure variants. They signed a contract where you're like, you're going to be on every Marvel book for the next ten years. But bro. hey, you know what? Good for that artist. Right. So you notice the covers got to be sick of doing them at this point. Stephen Platt. Okay. You think Man, that's, that's the most '90s like oh, like yeah. s- like signature ever. Well, if you remember Stephen like, Platt. Yeah, I mean, I don't. It's Splat. Splat. Um, so Stephen Platt, there, he he appeared on a Moon Knight run, and that Moon Knight run went 
freaking out of this world because his art style was very similar to Capullo, McFarlane, okay. Larson, where it was just super detailed and like really, it was really good for, especially at the time. You know, what's you know? funny is now you look back on it. Speaking of Moon Knight, there's a new Moon Knight series starting in July, I think, mm-hmm. and the covers are going to be Steve McNiven. <laughs> oh shit! Really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. I was just surprised to see Stephen Platt on there because I was like, "What?" I've been I'm kind of wondering what has he been doing because yeah. he was unstoppable, and then he left for Image, just okay. like everybody else did. But it was yeah. when Image was already starting to. No, this says McNiven down. after Platt. So d- did uh, so McNiven is aping Platt. No, McNiven's probably doing did probably did inks on this cover. So we read something about this too. The one in fifty cover is the all black costume. Okay. It looks exactly the same, but it's not. He reproduced it by hand again. He redrew the whole thing, and so oh, you'll see that's like right. you're... you'll see that like the carbonite is a little bit different here. His face is a little fatter in this spot here. His chest is a little different. The angles are slightly off, but it almost looks exactly the same unless you really look at it. It's super cool. Interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. But yeah, so it's weird that. Like, what the hell has Stephen Platt been doing this whole time, you know? And, like, why is he back? And I don't know. I hope that his, his you know, his career just gets l- Just, like, living off the convention circuit or something? <clears throat> I mean, maybe. Oh, yeah. I'll sign your uh, Moon Knight number 13 yeah. or whatever it was. Now that, <laughs> yeah. now, now that there's no conventions, he's like, I got to like, get okay. back into covers. Yeah, I gotta, gotta get a job. Some covers. <laughs> I know. Which I left you in the also, 90s. Which is also a pretty sweet gig to get into as, a con- as an artist. Yeah, is you just covers. do covers and that's all you do. Yeah, look at Momoko. Oh my gosh, look at uh, uh, and America and Dolfo. That's what. Uh, at, yeah, um, what was the J. The, Scott the, Campbell? The, uh, was it Alex J. Ross? No, not J. Scott Campbell. Um, the little kid like variants. Who did those? Scotty oh, Young. Scotty, Scotty Young. Young. Yeah, we were talking yeah, about those today. He, except yeah. he's uh, he's like writing stuff now. Too. Right, he's but I mean that's how writing. it started, and yeah. then it's like everybody loved it, and they're like. Do you want to do something else? He's he was like, also yeah, doing absolutely. interiors, you know, on I Hate Fairyland, and then uh, I think he was doing something else. Well, he was. He was I Hate right? Fairyland was yeah, a really he good. He was series. writing Middle West. He didn't. He didn't do it. Did the art on yeah. that? Gotcha. But I, he. I, he. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say. I think the way that you described this book, uh, War of the Bounty Hunters. I think that's it. It's a lot of fun. And yeah. Sometimes you know, like with with the Good Asian. I mean, that's an important story, and it's a really good story. This is, pop, this is popcorn fun. Right. Yeah. Sometimes right. when you go to the theater, you don't want to think too hard. You don't want to be sad. You don't want to have a lot of emotions or anything. You're <laughs> you just want like, to think I about want to have the, the right Chinese I want to sit here in this, in this dark room and eat way too much popcorn and drink way too much Diet Coke yep. and just watch things blow up for right. two and hours. It's ama- it was so Godzilla much fun. Godzilla vs. Kong. And yeah. the only Moral thing Kong. I have on it exactly. is, the, is the name. Like, I'm going to be incognito. By spray painting my armor and calling myself Django. <laughs> yeah, they're never going to catch me. All right. <laughs> fair, it's like that, that scene in that crappy Green Lantern movie that everybody hates where they they actually hit on it. She's like, It's my favorite scene in the whole movie. <laughs> How, Jordan? <laughs> he's, he's, How'd you know? He it's shows like, dude, up, come on. He shows up to check on Blake Lively and she's like, Hal? <laughs> and he's like, how do you know it was me? She was like, I've known you my whole life. You think I'm going to not recognize you because you covered your cheekbones? Yeah. They just uh, they just hit on that in Invincible, too. Yeah. Oh, oh did yeah, they? Yeah. 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 Nice. Are you watching that show? No. It's no. good, man. I don't watch a lot of shows. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. You that's should, okay. though. Invincible's really good. Yeah, it's good. Nice. Dude, um, the, the, I don't even seen the last episode yet. I've only seen the first half. But J.K. Simmons' performance in that episode 
is amazing. That dude's a He's goddamn good. American treasure. Yeah, he, he is. is. <laughs> it's hard to see him in anything without thinking J. Jonah Jameson because he well, was perfect. Right. He's Nobody done, will ever do it as good as him. He has done so much voice acting, though. He is he is so good at it. Um, he was in like he was like he was one of the main characters in Legend of Korra. He's he's uh, there was something else that I that he, I was watching with him in it recently that was also really good. But he's invincible. Well, that besides that, <laughs> it was another animated thing that he was the that he did a voice for. Um, but he's just super good. That guy is everything he does is great. It's kind of like American the Willem Dafoe. Where you're like, right? And I, like, I don't know why, I respect that in the MCU they were like, you know what? Why? Why even bother? Just get him again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have to yeah. be. Here. I know that we have a different Spider-Man and everything, but you're mm-hmm. still yeah. Insane. So so real quick back to this this yeah. War of the Bounty Hunters thing. As a Boba Fett junkie, yeah. Um, this book nails it all. It's everything you want out of Boba Fett. Absolutely, one hundred percent. It's phenomenal, and I, I'm super stoked that we got it. I'm super stoked that they're doing it. I'm super stoked that we're getting that book of Boba Fett at the end of the year on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. I was worried that The Mandalorian was going to steal all of Boba Fett's thunder. Okay. Because it's really the story that Boba Fett should have been in. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, sorry, George Lucas, but you royally screwed him up. Well, the idea was, I, and this is what I've heard, who knows how true it is, but that there was supposed to be one of those Star Wars story films about Boba Fett, and then that, oh, yeah. and then over Obi-Wan time, it kind of it kind of uh, evolved, and then it became evolved into the Mandalorian. With the failure of Solo, they were like, okay, we got to put the brakes on. Obviously, we're, that's what they we're did. Flooding yeah. the market, you know, we're Star Wars fatigue, for sure. I mean, even as a, a diehard Star Wars fan. Sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, which I, is I, funny. So I, must, I love Star Wars, but yeah, I agree with you. Solo was, I, I did not like it at all. I had some issues with it. I didn't think it was a terrible movie, but I have some issues I with it. I don't think it's terrible. I think I like that movie quite a bit. Dude. There are dumb things in it. How but dare okay. you give him his last name from a non-consequential <sighs> character yeah. in passing? You sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah. and the also, dice. why does another oh, character to have to name him? His name can just be Han Solo. <laughs> right. Well, we had to know where the, the blaster came from. We had to know where his last that, name came from. Where the dice came from. We had to know why, he's, that, why he has an affinity for Wookiees, even though they don't go into that. In his novels, they go into that, and it makes perfect sense, and it's amazing. Basically, he it's is... part of why he got kicked out of the Imperial Army, right? Is right. Because... Of their mistreatment of Wookiees, yeah, yeah. At least, and in that's the why universe. that's why Chewie had that life debt to him or <clears throat> yeah. whatever. And His he grew up on a pirate ship, just like freaking Star Lord, and they kept him around because he was a small one to get into the little spaces. I mean, like just like Star Lord, and um, <laughs> but Star Lord wishes he was Han Solo. <laughs> no <Yeah>. doubt, <laughs> I love Star Lord. I mean, but he's no Han Solo. I love those movies, but he's no Han Solo. <laughs> he's no Han. Nobody's Han Solo, and he would say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would. pretty much. He, I mean. He loves David Hasselhoff, the Hoff man. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, he. Th- the woman that was the cook on that pirate ship was a Wookiee, and so she taught him how to speak Wookiee, and she's oh, eventually gosh, the one who helps him escape. Okay. So so it all makes sense, you know. But yeah, they didn't bother to give us any of that back right. matter. Yeah. They had to explain the dice that were shoehorned into the Last Jedi 
for some stupid reason. And they had to explain <laughs> where his blaster came from and why Chewbacca's too long of a name, so he's going to call him Chewie. And right. like so, all these stupid little explanations for stuff that we didn't need, man. The, the blaster thing doesn't bother me because it's such a quick thing. Like they're just sort of like working on things while they're while they're talking, and then the scene just kind of ends with him like looking at it, and you're like, "Oh, there's his blaster." It turns out he keeps that blaster for the rest of his life somehow. Well, I mean, he did shoot the guy who who initially belonged to, so <laughs> he I felt mean, bad. Sure, so but... he had to, you know, make sure he used it for good. I mean, if it's a good blaster, that's <laughs> good blaster. You know what I mean? Are, I mean yeah. So, are you guys? You guys are going to get all the all the tie-ins and everything. Yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll oh, for sure. them all, yeah. yeah. For sure. Well, I just mean like you guys personally. Personally, I case by case basis. Okay. Jason made a mistake and he didn't realize he made a mistake a few like month ago or two. Oh. And it's and it's and it's it's affecting me and and our money. But <laughs> <laughs> Look at Jason is like so, so pooping his pants. What is this? What Jason made. It's a funny mistake. You were surprised that I wasn't collecting all the Star Wars books. And and so now I'm collecting all the Star Wars books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually that like, doesn't sound like actively, a mistake that I made. No, you said it, <laughs> which caused me to react. It's like a decision that you made. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll show nope. you. Watch nope. this. <laughs> nope, it's your fault. So Jason made a mistake. <laughs> so I, I I have not. Okay, been... so I thought it was it was like a big no like, no that's Astro, why like, oh, no. Astro Zombies thing. No no no, it's that, a joke. That I'm not sorry. It's for. a joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So I've been. I've been not enjoying Dr. Aphra at this point. Like they changed writers and I just, it's not that the writer's a bad writer or anything. I just, I don't like the storyline. I don't like the way the character's being written anymore. let's take all of, you know, you know, all these cool, like, like interesting supporting characters that we had in the Dr. Aphra books that we've built up and now his action figures of and the first appearances of them sell for money and everything, all everything. What if we just took all that away? Let's just take it away. And just put her in with like hot college students. (laughs) Right. What if we did that? That's exactly what's going on. What if we did that? There's been a couple of issues where like, because she's, she's a lesbian and there's been a couple of like relationship things that happen and I'm like, that doesn't seem relationshipy. Like this seems like super Mildly forced and sh- like sexual. Shoehorned. Yeah, and I'm like, that's not the type of stuff that I want to read. Especially on a Star Wars book, right? That's not what they Star also Wars. like. I want like, that, a like the, sh- a what was the person. girl's name that that she had that relationship with that was in the she was part of the Imperials, and it was this. I like, don't know. I only read like the first couple of issues of Doctor Afra. Yeah, so it might not have been in there. I liked this, that relationship because they like. They liked each other, but they they kept kind of turning on each other every once in a while. Well, yeah. they're bad people, so right. they stab each other in the back. <laughs> right, but they still loved and cared about each yeah. other, and so like it was a. It, it sounds was a like really, half of America, right? It was a really interesting dynamic, and I liked that. And then once that moved on, and it became like every female she comes across is like, oh, there's another ex girlfriend. In- it's like it's like it's already been a love interest, and so it's I'm like you. Like, I was that. not collecting all but, the Star Wars books because the the handful of ones that I kept picking up kind of sucked. Yeah, like Storms of Crate. It's a one shot where they obviously took pictures of people. Oh yeah, yeah, and I like don't traced like that. over them. And I was like, "That's Luke Skywalker swinging a lightsaber, but that's Hank Aaron swinging a bat." You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm, I wasn't a fan of that. And then reading Afra. And so I was just like, you know, oh, I'm not getting compelling stories. But the Age of Rebellion stuff and the Age of Resistance stuff was really good, and it was all one-shots. And so I was starting to change my mind, and then 
you know, Jason kind of planted that seed in inadvertently. And so, yeah, I'll be getting all of it. Yeah. I was just like, <laughs> it just, I don't know. It was just a, like in passing thing. that was just part of a conversation. <laughs> I, I know. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, right, so anyway. like that's, that's what I'm saying is like, I want, all the tie-ins I, I to kick- this one, and usually I don't do that with like Marvel books and stuff like that. Because goddamn, because it's just it's whatever, and it's like especially with the X Men, the way they, I don't think I'm getting anything X Men anymore. Um, Why would you? But so, this this seems like it'll be fun, and as it crosses through Doctor Afra, like I'll pick that one up, but then I'll be done with Doctor Afra once all yeah. that's done, unless unless there's something compelling again. Let's get uh, triple BT one and well, let's get a solo series of those like, two. And an event oh like this is kind of cool because it does a thing where it'll bring you back in to read Doctor an issue of Dr. Afra, and you're like, oh, this is better than I remember it right. being, and then maybe you Hopefully. start picking it up again. Right. So, yeah. who knows? If you're cool. a Boba Fett fan, if you're a Star Wars fan, if you're a comic book fan, if you're an action fan, yeah. Yeah, if this you're is a it. Marvel fan, it's all there, and if, if, there's nothing wrong with this book. If you're a Star Wars fan, you should check this out. Except for the Django. And even that, I mean, it's a shout-out to his father. I get it. It just doesn't make sense. Because, I mean, ah, I mean, this is 25 years after Django's death. True. So, I mean, if you think about... And Django wasn't super infamous, was he? No, not really. So maybe nobody I mean, does he really was he, he was is. less infamous than Boba Fett. It's true. Um, but and if you really think about the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian doesn't know what a Jedi is. Mm, shenanigans. Yeah. But, you know, and that's only, what, six years after well, Jedi? So somehow everybody forgot. I think Mando was raised in a cult, <laughs> so <laughs> that might have that something might have to, do, something with to it. do with it. Maybe, maybe because uh, it kind of seems that way. Everybody's especially, pretty surprised by Jedi, especially though, you know, after season two when when he meets Bo-Katan, and she's like, "Oh, you're one of them. You're like, oh uh, yeah, 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 you're, you're in the that cult. Court. Yeah." And so I think he was. I think I think he was raised in a cult. <laughs> They also change like being raised Fett's Baptist or something. <laughs> Protestant. <laughs> um, Boba Fett's uh, armor, they changed. They had to wreck on this because it used to be Durasteel. Like for, you know, yeah. most of okay. the lore of Boba Fett's armor was Durasteel. What is it now? It's Beskar. Well, I remember. And they talk about that in this book. Oh, There's okay. expanded universe stuff before the Disney, the Disney buy. The Dark Horse the, stuff? No, just like in the novels and stuff uh-huh. where. They talk about how this this crazy. They talk about Beskar and how Mandalore is the only place where you can find it, and how it's intrinsically connected to Mandalorian culture. And so that was that's a thing that existed before, like pre Disney, right? But they always said that Boba Fett's oh. armor was Durasteel. Gotcha. So even in like the encyclopedias, gotcha. It's Durasteel. Yeah, that's, but you that's, know what's, that's a- what's cool. Is they talk about his knee rockets and and, and they've never used them until <laughs> knee that episode of Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. Knee rockets. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> I mean, that's that the thing is, that episode is so cool. It's amazing. It's oh, Boba fantastic. So, well, anything else, guys? I think I've. This has been great. Yeah, it's good getting get back, back the to the back to the show and. We'll see how we'll see how long once you know. I, I feel like we want to have it as a as a regularly scheduled program, uh, but as my work kind of comes and goes, I think there may be periods where we don't have it, and we'll we'll well, do. You what are we going can. through your withdrawals, guys. Just remember, it's Chad's fault. Yeah, hundred percent. Also, if you're having withdrawals from the podcast, if you live in Albuquerque, 
come down and talk to us at Astro Zombies. We right. can have these conversations in person. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Sh- shout out to us. We love interacting with you guys, and we love talking about all the different breweries that we've been mm-hmm, been mm-hmm. working with. And you know, it's it's just going to keep going from here. I think so. we still owe Palmer an episode. Yeah, too, we still we? owe Palmer a handful of stuff. Um, it's you know we had a schedule, we had it pretty well defined what we were doing mm-hmm. but with me throwing a wrench you into just the plan, had to go and achieve your dream i know right and, and get a job in the film industry and work on a comic book movie <laughs> i i have a story that i want to share but i cannot share until till the show's till it airs because i was sitting there for a moment and they were there was a conversation that was happening that i was a part of and i was just like how the fuck am i a part of this conversation also, put your mask back on. Right. <laughs> also, stop breathing so heavily. And that's our cliffhanger for this episode. Cliffhanger. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you on the next one.